morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. So happy to have you with us today. As alongside with me today, I have somebody very special. Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Kelly Brooks. For those of you who don't know me, and I'm so excited to be here with Pastor Stephen today for the first time. Amen. Uh, today, we're actually celebrating 20 years in ministry. Uh, the ministry was incorporated in June of 1999 in Southern California and also filed with the uh, IRS as a 501c3 official organization, and we're very happy about that as we have now gone past the 20-year milestone, and we want to celebrate. We're going to share today with you some of the uh, amazing things God has done along the journey, uh, some things about the, um, the miracles and just the things we've overcome and the wonderful things God has done and is doing. I think you'll be very excited and blessed to hear about some of these things. But first, let's receive the holy tithes and offerings. Let's bring those into the storehouse of God. And we also want to be mindful to walk in the blessings of the Lord. And I, I've always liked Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. That's right. You can be wealthy and have no sorrow with that. If you live according to God's purposes and God's ways, then he'll bless you beyond measure, and there won't be anything wrong with that at all. So, Kelly, what does no sorrow mean to you? No pain, no suffering, peace in every area of your life. Your children are blessed. Your job is blessed. Your marriage is blessed. Your finances, of course, are blessed. Everything around you is blessed. You know, uh, church family, I, um, I know uh, even Christians, some who have strong finances but they are so frail physically they're sick and they can't they can't even take a trip and they have they have a lot of issues with their body but God wants you to have the whole package and there is a blessing that God releases to his people that's contingent upon our obedience amen and when we walk in obedience to the Lord and to his commandments then God brings his prosperity he brings his blessings in a way where we can actually enjoy them that's right so health, in many ways, is also a part of prosperity because if you don't have health, you can't even enjoy uh, some of the things God would uh, bring into your life to make life enjoyable. That's right. It's a complete benefit package. A benefit package, indeed it is. Let me read a verse to you from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is, and then it goes into what we would call the, the classic definition of faith, you could even say it's a technical definition of faith. Um, from the layman's perspective, faith is just believing God, taking him at his word. But this gives us a more technical definition of faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So a, a biblical faith actually brings forth a substance. It's something concrete that you can actually stand on. When Jesus told Peter uh, that he could come out of the boat and walk on the water with him when Jesus said come the word come which is the word of God actually was a a platform that Peter could stand on and while he was walking on the water he was also really in a sense walking on the word that's exactly right pastor Stephen in fact what God tells you to do he might not tell someone in the audience to do and because uh, Peter obeyed the Lord and walked out on that word come, mm -hmm. the Lord invited him so he was not going to sink as long as he kept his eyes on the Lord. Right. So he got the word from the Lord, the thumbs up, 
And over the side of the boat he went, and out on the water, and he was walking on the water. So what is faith is actually a, sus a substance. And when you do get the word of God, which releases faith, it will support you and hold you up. So we see here that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Um, hope is very important, but your hope will not work without a, a vital faith that's attached to that. You have to keep them together, and it's uh, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is evidence or proof that what you can't see is already going to happen, is already going to manifest, that God's going to do it. Somebody might say, well, I, I can't see it. What evidence can I get or proof can I get that God's actually going to do this? And that is faith. That's why you need to build your faith up because the stronger your faith is, really the more evidence you're, collect, you're collecting, and eventually that thing which may be in the unseen realm will move over and transfer into the seen realm. Can you say amen today? Amen. But, you know, Kelly, I want to share something with the people today from verse 1 that I think it's important, and it's a good theological question, too. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, again, now faith is. Now, some theologians say that in certain manuscripts, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm reading today from the New King James Version, which is based uh, from the New Testament translation of the Textus Receptus, and that is considered to be the most reliable ancient uh, manuscript to uh, come from the Greek into the English with. And if you go with the Old Testament, that would be the Masoretic text. But outside of this manuscript of the Textus Receptus, there are some other manuscripts that are good that Greek scholars do say have weight and that uh, can also influence our interpretation of Scripture. But some of the others don't actually have the word now in there. In other words, it just says faith is. And so as I myself teach that there is a there is a reality of now faith. In other words, we've talked recently about we are in now faith for now prosperity. Psalm 118, verse 25, where it talks about now prosperity. David cried out, Oh God, send now prosperity, which is prosperity in the present sense, as in today when you need it. Praise the Lord. Not 20 years from now. But this is something very interesting. Let's remove the word now. Let's say that it's perhaps not there. We, we know that it is because it's here in the Bible. But let's say that the word now is not there, or if it is there, maybe it's only being used as a conjunction, such as the word B-U-T, but, or the word therefore. So you could read verse 39 from the previous chapter, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul, but faith is, in other words, then it translates into that verse 1 that we know. So if we remove the word now uh, and maybe or just think that it's only a conjunction joining two verses together, watch this, however, verse, verse 1. Let's just take the word now out. Faith is the substance. Faith is, watch it, not faith was. Was, right. was would be what? Past In tense. Faith is going to be future tense. Okay, so if faith is... When is, is. It's right now. Is now. is present tense. Yes, so it's now. So if, if the writer, which is Paul, said now, or if he said faith was the substance, well, that's something from yesteryear or yesterday. That's not going to help us. Or if he said faith will one day be, he didn't say that either. That's right. He said faith is the substance. So in other words, even if we don't have the word now, which denotes right now, we still have the word is, which means present tense. Faith is. 
So you're right back to that now moment. Do you see that? I, yes, I, I see think it. that's amazing because our faith has to be in the now. It has to be current. And, you know, your faith is like a marathon. It's a journey. And if you were doing good a few weeks ago with your faith, but you just dropped the ball, you need to get back in the present sense, the present tense of faith, which is right now. And so how would they do that? Well, they have to believe before they see it, number one. Yes. And faith is an action word, so you can also put works to your action, to your, to your faith. That is true. Right. Because James said, well, you have faith, but he said, I'll show you by my faith by my works. That's right. So that we need to have both. But remember, your, your faith and your works, they're all in the now moment. Pastor Stephen, one day I'm going to receive my healing. One day God's going to do it. But did you ever notice that one day never comes? Why? It's you put it out in the future. You put it out there in an area right. where there's no, there's no present tense right now moment. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Well, I think I'll get saved 10 years from now. No, well, you, you know, that, that may never happen and it probably won't. Today is the day of salvation. So faith is the substance. So even if we don't have the word now, and we do have it, by the way. But even if we didn't, we still know that we're dealing with something that's right now. You have to be in the present. Your faith has to be dialed in right now. This thing's happening, and God's going to do it for me. Praise the Lord. And I believe I've received by faith. Amen. And how much stronger is that when you add the word now? What difference Woo. does that make when you put now faith is? Well, you're definitely in the now. You're in, this is a now moment. This is not something that maybe three years God will just decide while he's sitting on the throne. You know what? I think they've waited long enough. I think today I'll, I'll just do it for him. But he doesn't work it like that. He looks at us and he wants us to be in faith and expectancy or hope so that this thing is manifesting when? Right now. That's right. Everything God does requires faith. I should say everything that we do requires faith. When you were saved you received salvation mm -hmm. that required faith right uh, you didn't get that any other way except by believing you didn't see anything right uh, but by faith you took salvation by faith you take your healing by faith you take everything in the word of God right so when you got saved at that time you were in now faith for your salvation that's right because if you were not you still wouldn't be saved yet that's right, and you're also in now faith for your healing. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Or whatever else it might be that you need. And let me just read that golden verse one more time because I believe this is something that God's doing as a blessing for the body of Christ. Uh, he's bringing a new wave of prosperity into the body of Christ for the establishing of the covenant that God's people can do the things that they're called to do and see that the gospel is preached into all the earth. That's right. I believe it's a new season for the body of Christ, uh, Stephen. It's a now season. A now season. So that word now, I think, is uh, what's really standing out to me because I think that represents a season. Faith is and it always is, but now faith, to me, is like a whole new ball game. Well, you can have your miracle now is what Kelly's saying. That's right. You, you don't have to wait five years. You can have the manifestation of the Spirit now. Praise the Lord. So we need to keep our faith online for that. This is what David said in Psalm 118 in the 25th verse, save now. That's you know, right. and how many of you need some of it right now? You need some salvation right now. I'm not talking about the salvation of your soul or getting your name uh, written in the Lamb's book of life. Many of you already have that. And if you don't, we can lead you to Christ 
at the end of this program today. But my friends, uh, David cried out, save now, I pray. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Mm -hmm. So this is prosperity for the now moment in your life. And this is also, as one Hebrew scholar translated this verse as saying, send uninterrupted prosperity. I've never heard that phrase in my life before. That's Sin right. As, uninterrupted. as soon as you said that, I, I got unlimited supply. Woo, praise the Lord. Unlimited supply that is also an uninterrupted supply. How about that? That is the goodness of God, and we do see, we do serve the God who will do above and beyond that which we could dare ask or imagine or think, but we need to ask it, we need to imagine it, we need to think it, and we, believe, we need to believe and meditate on these types of verses, these types of, of statements from the Word of God, because it'll take us into the promised land. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Having shared that, let's now bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. Uh, those of you that are going to mail your tithes and offerings in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. If you want to bring them in online, you can do so at the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Sow and Reap. And you can go there and bring them in right now. Remember, the tithe is 10%. 10% of what provision comes into your life. When money comes into your life, whether it's your paycheck or an inheritance or, or, or you sell something at a garage sale or something like that, God says the tithe, 10% is his. Somebody said, I'm going to send my tie in. I, I'm like, well, no, no, God doesn't need a tie. Hallelujah. But God says the tithe, T-I-T-H-E, is his. Praise God. But then again, if someone doesn't have anything else, they can send a tie. Well, if, 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 you, if you were given 10 tithes, uh, or ten ties, ten ties. God said one of them belongs to me. That's right. I remember when Kenneth Copeland sewed a button off his shirt. Yeah, well, that's true. And at the time, also R. W. Schambach, uh, the evangelist, was preaching out in that country church and said, "Now you need to tithe on the money that that you earn and on that's the right. income that comes in." He all he said, all the farmers were sitting there smiling, and he said, <laughs> "Now what's where he's thinking? What's wrong with my preaching? Why aren't they getting it?" Then he realized, "Oh, they don't have incomes that pay right. cash. They they all they all work on a farm." So he he caught it by the Holy Spirit and he shifted the the message while he was talking and he said, "If that chicken lays ten eggs, one of them belongs to God." He said, "All of a sudden their faces dropped, uh -huh. and you know if if you have uh, if you have ten uh, things of corn, one of them." belongs to the Lord, and boy, they, they suddenly, everybody got real nervous in, uh, in the church and realized, oh, 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 God's got my number now. But, That's you know, right, they got to get on board with tithing. Yeah, and one of those farmers came up to him after the service and said, um, he said, are you telling me that if my chickens lay eggs, then a tithe of those eggs belong to God? I need to bring them into the house of God. He said, That's exactly what I'm saying. And, uh, and the, his chickens will be blessed when he does that as well. Right. And, he, and, and Shambach said, that's why your chickens aren't laying eggs. They're cursed. <laughs> the cursed chickens. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he said that farmer was named Red. He called him Red. The <laughs> farmer said, he said, preacher, this better work. And uh, so uh, the, ne the next day he brings a tithe of the eggs in. And uh, that, that, that was all he had because it was very, very little. But just a couple days after that, he brings the tithe in. And Shambach saw him coming and uh and he said, and he sees all these eggs being brought in on a pickup truck. And he said, hey, I didn't ask you to bring in all the eggs. God's not asking for all wow. your eggs. He goes, no, this is not all the eggs. He said, just, this is just a tithe. This is the tithe. Woo, hallelujah. So those chickens began to get blessed by the Holy Spirit, began to lay eggs. And, um, you know, I've seen, 
I've seen other testimonies of people's fruit when they're tithing, uh, even on their fruit. And I've, I've seen um, just almost like unbelievable size eggplant and zucchini and right. tomatoes. Why? Because they're tithing off of that. And you may not be able to send your fruit in the mail to me, but we really aren't based on an agricultural society like, uh, you know, going decades back we used to be. But you know, you know when you've got a tithe, hallelujah, and God knows, and God says the tithe belongs to me. And when you send it in, you you tie yourself into the Abrahamic covenant right. of prosperity. And Abraham, you know, people say, I want to walk in the blessings of Abraham. I want to walk in the prosperity of Abraham. Well, then do the works of Abraham. That's Abraham right. was a tither. Yes, he was. And I'm just a few examples. Uh, here where we live, a lot of people have farms out here in Moravian Falls. Sure. And uh, I've seen uh, people before who all their surrounding neighbors uh, – their crops failed, uh, the worms got their tomatoes, um, some kind of bug got this or that, but yet our friends that we know who are tithers and walk in a covenant with God, their fruits and vegetables are blessed, and everyone right. else's farms lost their whole crops. Yes. I've seen that time and time again. Healthy crops. And see, uh, the Lord said, when you tithe, I'll rebuke the devourer. That's right. And he'll rebuke all these goofy car accidents, That's your right. car breaking down, your AC, you know, breaking down. And, uh, you know, we, we, have an, we have an AC that ran for 29 years. And, uh, you know, that we have the New York commercial system is actually being installed. Uh, Not New York City. Yeah, right, the York uh, commercial <laughs> system. And uh, it took a while to get the uh, HVAC guy scheduled, but that's being put in, so in a sense it's a completed project. And we have our ministry partners to thank for that because they sewed into that Absolutely. Uh, new air conditioning unit here. Yeah, so you and I are not sitting here sweating. Praise right. the Lord. We might be sweating right now. <laughs> Amen. But every, well, all the lights and everything. But, you know, God will just make your stuff run forever. So we don't just... You know, things here just don't just wear out and go kaput. We just sometimes replace them because, well, hey, it's been running for so long, it's real old. Let's just get a new one. It's just the right thing to do. And uh, so it's good. We just call it regular maintenance. And um, I think it's a good thing to do that. But Sure, we, we want to do that before it goes kaput, and then we don't have one at all. That's the plan. Amen. So we're just praying that as you honor the Lord today with your tithes and with your offerings, that you will always walk in now faith because faith is, not was, not one day will be. Faith is. So you're going to stay in now faith for now prosperity. Un unlimited prosperity and uninterrupted prosperity. So, Father, bless your people. We thank you. They are walking in the Abrahamic covenant, and that includes prosperity. You are the God who made Abraham very rich. You gave him lots of livestock and silver and gold and many assets. So, Father, we just thank you that you are blessing your people with the good of the land. They eat the good of the land. They drive the good of the land. They live in the good of the land. They have your best. We give you the praise that the Abrahamic covenant is enforced in our lives through Christ and through our obedience to your commandments and the commandment to tithe. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Shout, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Praise God. Amen. Well, Kelly, let's talk today about the 20 years of, of just walking by faith with the Lord from the initial launch of the ministry to where God has brought us today and all of the good things he's done for us. Hallelujah. Yes, it's been an exciting journey and uh, sometimes hard, sometimes a lot of fun. Uh, there's been some challenges, hasn't there, along sure, the way? There's always challenges, but in those challenges, there's always a triumph as well. 
Sure, and you know, we've traveled many places. I remember one time uh, the prophet Kenneth Hagin said that when he was much younger in ministry, when he was traveling, he said one time the pastor put him up in the chicken coop. He said, where am I staying at tonight? What, what are you, am I going to stay in a hotel or in a, maybe a home with a family? And the pastor said, oh, you're staying back here and put him in the chicken coop back behind his house. So um, A lot of sacrifices. That's true. While we've never stayed in the chicken coop, we have stayed we've in some. Close. We've come close. We've actually come really close and uh, have had some very interesting experiences. Now today, the, the, the chicken coop days are far behind us. Thank the uh, Lord. But we still want to walk in humility uh, and walk in the blessing of the Lord. But many of those things were formative, and God would not allow us to skip them. We had to go through them. And while going through them, the Lord also was testing our faith, helping us to develop our faith, and and not jump out of that trial, not jump out of certain situations and maybe, you know, get on the phone and call mama for help or, you know, like one of those type of things that people might do, but just to stay in there and trust the Lord and uh, many times not even make the needs known and God will just supernaturally provide over and over and over again. He's very, very faithful. He's always faithful and just. And in the beginning of our ministry days, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. I'd actually like to go back. You take us where you want to start today. Yeah, I'd like to start in August of 1995 when the Lord spoke to you and told you to leave immediately for California. But you'll have to back up a little bit before then. Okay, so before the Lord told me to leave and and move from Texas to California in the year of 1995, he gave me that uh, divine commandment. Before that, two years before that, I sensed God had destiny for me in the state of California and I jumped the gun. I moved too quick. Uh, it was a Sunday morning. Uh, me and the pastor were very close. I rented a little efficiency behind his house that he rented out to me. And I just somehow sensed God had California for, uh, for me. So I got all excited and got ahead of the Holy Spirit. And I just said, I'm going to leave and go to California today. It was early Sunday morning. So I packed my car full of everything I had, loaded it all up. Didn't take that long because I didn't have that much. No heavy furniture or anything like that. And I said, I'm not even going to tell my pastor. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to go to church, sing in the choir, uh, shout in the service. And uh, then after the service is over, I'm leaving immediately to California. But I remember I drove to the church parking lot, got out of my car, and then my eyes went to the two double doors of the church uh, that led into the sanctuary, and the doors burst open. And a, a, a sister, she was a few years older than me, a sister in the Lord, came through those doors, Sister Walker, and she, she was, like, really worked up. She said, Brother Brooks, she said, I don't know what you're about to do. But she said, don't do it. God said, don't do it. The timing's not right. Don't do it. And, um, you know, I was too embarrassed to tell her that I was about to leave, that, you know, like I was going to do something that wild or crazy. So, you know, after the service was over, I came home, unpacked everything. So two years go by. So you never told anyone that day. You didn't tell Sister Dorothy Walker. You didn't tell your pastor. You didn't tell anyone what you were planning on doing. You just went home, right? unpacked everything, and went back to what you were doing before. Right, and, you know, I, did, I never told her what I'd actually had up on my sleeve, you know, my little plan, but I just told her, okay, I won't do it. <laughs> I, I thank God for an intercessor like that because wow. she told you that, Brother Brooks, I don't know what you're about to do, but you kept me up all night long praying yeah, she for you. she actually said that. She, we need yeah. more mothers in the church like that today. 
Right. She saved you from uh, doing something that would have really thrown the time off in your life. Right. I have no doubt today she's somewhere out there in full-time ministry. Praise she God. really loved the Lord. That was all she ever wanted to do was go in the ministry. And uh, that calling was definitely there. But I'm not much of a social media person, so I have no idea uh, which directions we all got scattered to. Uh, but I have no doubt she's probably in the Thank God for people that can really, like as you said, can hear from God because that Amen. kept me from making a wrong exit in my life. And it, uh, it would have been very much premature because, as Kelly was saying, it wasn't until two years later when the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I was getting ready to go to work. I had got up early in the morning to pray. It's about 6 o'clock in the morning. And the Holy Spirit came over me like a wave and said, leave immediately and go to California. And I thought, you know, this going through my mind, ooh, I tried that two years ago, God, that didn't turn out too good. You know, <laughs> Sister Walker came out of the church and told me, you know, and uh, so I kind of overrode that and kind of act like I didn't hear God. So I kept on praying. But at 610, the Holy Spirit swept through my room again with like a liquid wave of glory. And he spoke this time more authoritatively. And he said, leave immediately and go to California. I said, Lord, how can I act like I'm not hearing you? I said, okay, I'll do it. So I packed all everything into my car. By 7 o'clock, I, I think I had everything packed into the car and drove to my work. I had the best job I ever had working with a business that had been in business for over 80 years. Matter of fact, they're still in business today. And I really loved my job, but I figured, well, since I'm going to be saying bye-bye. Now, remember, this is no two-week notice or anything. And I'm very much like I always want to try to do what I need to do to make a smooth transition. But God said, go and go now. So there's well, not if the Lord tells you to do something, then he'll make sure it all works out and right. everybody's happy. Then it'll be blessed, That's right. right. So I, I showed up at work, and I, I didn't have my work clothes, my dress clothes on because I was an inside salesman. I had comfortable driving clothes. I figured I'd be driving a lot. And so the manager of the whole facility saw me, and he said, Stephen, what's going on? I said, I said John, I, ne I need to talk to you. He said, well, come into my office. So he's over the whole the whole factory, the whole manufacturing plant. So I go into his office. He has the, he has the, you know, the normal, beautiful executive office. Big leather chair, beautiful mahogany desk. Everything very executive, and uh, you know, he's running everything. And he said, Stephen, what's taking place? I said, I said, John, I don't know how to explain this to you. He said, I'll just go ahead and say it. I said, okay. I said, this morning I got up and God told me to leave immediately and go to California. He said, stop. I thought he was going to maybe tell me I've lost my mind or we need to get a psychiatrist in here. But he said, stop. And he opens up his drawer and he pulls out, to my, to my surprise, a bottle of anointing oil. Wow. And he opens the bottle up and he pours the whole thing on my head and he says, go. And he says, when you get there, mail me your address and I'll send you your final check. Well, we thank God for wow. a spirit-filled Christian businessman yes. like that. And uh, I think I understand that the whole time you worked there, you had no idea he was like that. I had no idea he was this wild, uh, charismatic guy that um, was... So he went to a church across town that was a spirit-filled church. And uh, I was still youngly baptized in the Holy Spirit, but he could hear from the Lord. And uh, he, was, he was a businessman that was full of the Holy Spirit. And he did mail me my final check. A few, uh, a few weeks later, it showed up in the mail once I got a base established there in Southern California. But 
a very, very fascinating thing. So, well, having his blessing and having his release and no two-week notice needed, <laughs> hallelujah, I got in the car and started driving, and I had some unusual things happen. Uh, one of the things that happened on that drive from uh, Texas to California was a sermon I preached. You'll see it on YouTube. It's called, What Happened When I Prayed in Tongues for 15 Hours? And that was a time when a evil principality assigned against my life to destroy my destiny and really to destroy my life who was in the second heaven. Jesus threw him out of the second heaven and threw him down powerless to the earth. And his ability to abort my ministry and calling was, was just dissolved. And so that was a tremendous experience. It takes a while to explain it, so that's in a message called What Happened When I Prayed in Tongues for 15 Hours? But that... That actually took place during that drive. So on your drive when you left Texas, you basically drove straight across the nation, or not the nation, but you drove straight to California. It was about a 15-hour drive. Sure. And you only stopped to use the restroom, maybe get a small bite to eat, and yeah. basically prayed in the Spirit the whole time. Right, because this the whole thing is by hearing the voice of God, but this is still like new to me. This right. is not like, you know, I'm a seasoned man of God, solid in the Word. This All this stuff is like still new. Well, and at so, this time, you weren't in the ministry. Right. This and, was before you were in the ministry. Right. So uh, you basically were praying in the Spirit because you want to certainly be in the right place at the right time doing what God wanted you to do. And right, you were going somewhere you've never been before. Don't know. I knew nobody in California, no connections, no nothing. Right. You basically and, um, were going by the word of the Lord, I'm divine going, direction. I kind of felt like maybe Abraham when God said, that's go right. to a land that you don't know. <laughs> so, uh, and that's, that's an unusual, maybe a surreal feeling when the thing that you've believed God for and the thing that God has showed to you when the moment comes when it's actually happening. Right. And You're like, wow. Like, just like Abraham... Um, Stephen, you left your family behind. Right. Uh, sometimes you have to leave your family because they don't understand you, and they never will. When you have no. a calling on your life, sometimes God uh, calls you to move out. And you don't from call your them. Family. They'll try to talk. They try right. to talk me out of it because they. Right. I mean, right. basically, when you got filled with the Holy Spirit, they took you to a psychologist. Yes, right. they took him to a psychologist, and he was 21 years old. Yeah. So he wasn't about to call his parents and ask their permission. <laughs> yeah, then I got right? taken to a theologian, and the <laughs> theologian began to speak all of these high, eloquent terms and use all kinds of Greek words and, uh, and uh, tried to basically say the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for, you know, crazy people. And, um, and you also but, knew if you told your pastor, he would probably talk you out of going because basically he loved you right and he he would want you there but i don't think he would have understood either that's right right because most people don't understand when the lord speaks to you like that it's a personal thing and you basically just had to go by faith again mm -hmm. we're talking by faith again faith that you heard what the lord said and that it was right so you were led by the holy spirit and off you went right so the lord's the lord's timing and timing is very important in life uh, I think the, the first thing is to really hear from God, not think you heard from God or maybe fabricate something because you want to do something. You have to hear from the Lord. It's very, very important. And when you do hear, you have to obey. There's an anointing on that moment to go then. Right. Now, what you didn't say was that for years you had a heart's desire to go to Southern California. So right. So that was in your heart, which I believe the Lord puts that desire there. Right. Because he has a, a divine purpose for your life. And I didn't know why it was there, but it was just there. But I you also right. said that you had always wanted to 
Meet a girl from Southern California. Right. I always thought, that, and that's just a personal <laughs> thing. I always thought, I would really like to marry somebody from Southern California. Well, that's probably a TV thing. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I didn't really watch the TV, you know, California shows. But, you know, everybody thought California was cool, right? Uh, well, you know, all the surfing and all the Southern California, uh, you know, ambiance, so to speak. But the beach it's just something God, yeah, the beach and all of that. But God, God just put that in my heart. And so it was really something that God was working with. And then he sent me there. Right. And the timing is always uh, so important, like you said, Stephen, because if we're not at the right place at the right time, uh, then we could miss God's plan. And we don't know when God will bring that opportunity around again. And that's so, true because destinies are also intersecting. Exactly. And if you, show and if up, you would have come in 1993, right. I would not have been there. No, you wouldn't Nor have been would at the I intersection. Nor would have been available. Right. You wouldn't I would have, have not been there, uh, yeah. and I would not have been a part of your plan. Right. So the Holy Spirit knows knows the future already before it's even unfolded. So, you know, I'm still driving along the way. I times I stopped at a rest stop off the Interstate 8, just getting close to, actually, I think I'd gotten into California, and I sat on the hood of the car and took my glasses off and just relaxed and, uh, and then went into the restroom and uh, came back out of the restroom and got right back into the driver's seat of the car and took <laughs> off down the freeway and uh, then realized my glasses had blown off on the side of the road somewhere, but that was the time God healed my eyes because I used to be at a point where I was almost legally blind. I had glasses that were, the lenses were probably about that thick. That's not joking, but they were probably that thick, and I still could hardly see with them. And uh, one of the jobs I used to have also was a taxi driver. <laughs> I was just going to say, we're not going to talk about how many jobs Stephen had in the past. <laughs> right. You wouldn't believe it. Goofy jobs. Goofy, strange jobs. But uh, one of those jobs was as a taxi driver when you could barely even see. Right. I, had to, I was driving a taxi, a car that had no working brakes. The brakes would always go out, and plus I couldn't see. It was a very lethal combination. <laughs> Luckily, nobody got killed. I eventually got all of my occupants to their destination, although they were really happy to get out. I would just drive right by people's houses, drive sometimes a few times through stop signs. I, I just couldn't see them, and uh, even with the glasses. and. Uh, <laughs> It was kind of funny. Maybe it shouldn't be funny, but I guess it was in a way. But the Lord uh, healed my eyes for two years. I confessed, I believe I received Hawkeye vision. Mm. And then when God healed my eyes, he healed them in such a way I could see things at a phenomenal distance. And when I got my new driver's license in California, I could stand behind the furthest line and read the smallest print. And even the, the driver's license person said, you've already passed a test. You don't have to keep reading. I said, this is just for my personal enjoyment. As I just kept reading all the little bitty numbers and backing up father and father, she said, well, you're getting them all right. But, you know, over the years, uh, that almost supernatural vision began to weaken. And then I had to get some uh, regular glasses to make some minor adjustments. But I'm believing to get back to that uh, incredible, like, uh, raptor-type vision with yeah, the first. eyesight. For a long time, you had faith for your eyesight. Right. Uh, but things got busy in your life. You got into full-time ministry. And yeah. the so faith many for other the faith eyes, projects. That's right. right. We had bigger faith projects. So right. So you kind of let the eyes, the faith for your eyes sit back for a while. I need to still give that some attention. That's right. Uh, it reminds me uh, years back again of the story of Prophet Kenneth Hagin when uh, he's got all these ministry projects he's believing God for, the ministry's growing, and his wife Aretha said, uh, we need some we need some blinds or some shades, some drapes, right, for the for the house. And he said, I've got so much. He said, my faith is like a clothesline. I've got all these projects hanging on. If you put one thing on the clothesline, the whole thing is going to fall down. He said, I don't have any more room, not even for drapes. So he said, you'll have to bleed for drapes, and she did. 
and they were able to get well, the that's drapes. That's really good because she had the faith for the drapes, and they got the drapes. That's true. But right. she probably needed to step out on her own faith. Maybe exercise her own faith a little that's bit, right. And realize it'll work for her or for anybody that's willing to use their faith. I Praise did want to step back with one of your jobs that you had, um, just one of the jobs, uh, because I'm sure there's people watching who are in, who are stuck in jobs that maybe sure. they don't like. Uh, don't know why they're there. They're not in their heart's desired job. Uh, maybe they have a college education, but they've never gotten that job to use with that education. For whatever reason, you're in a job right now, and you don't think it's the right job. You don't like it. You're not satisfied or fulfilled. But God does have a divine plan and purpose for your life, and sometimes it requires patience. Yes. Um, and sometimes there's a reason you're at that job, and maybe you don't know right now, but I trust you will know in the future why you're at this job waiting for the right job to come and I know that job will come as you're faithful to do whatever God calls you to do I think of the job you had as an apple picker right and that is very silly but Stephen did pick apples but the Lord was up to something with that job yeah there was this large apple orchard and they needed uh, just a couple of people to prune trees because there were there were thousands of apple trees <laughs> so I remember one time the owner of the orchard came out and I was working on one of the trees and he said where's the fruit I said, well, I pruned it all. I, pr I pruned it. He said, there's hardly any fruit on the tree. <laughs> I said, well, I'll, I'll try oh, to do better. I'd dear. taken almost all of the uh, apples off, wanting the tree to be perfect. He said, you don't have to have it that perfect. <laughs> but, you know, uh, what began to happen is I began to take one of these little portable radios while I was working that job pruning apple trees, and I started listening to a Christian radio station. Thank God for Christian radio, Christian TV. Amen. But uh, a crazy evangelist, R.W. Schambach, would be on the radio That's every right. day, and I started listening to his messages. And he was like, those of you that are familiar with him, he was a tremendous preacher. And when I was raised in church, you didn't have strong, real like uh, we would call it dynamic preaching like that. We had more like expository-type sermons right. that I guess it, a good description of that would just be most of the time they're just boring. And it, it was probably evidenced by many people falling asleep in church. But Shambach, would you just be wired listening to him with all the screaming and shouting and, uh, uh, you know, the whole enchilada swinging from the chandeliers almost type stuff. So, And you learned about um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right, miracles, baptism in the Holy Spirit and all of that. And that was really prepping me That's to right. eventually receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit when I visited the small charismatic church the pastor laid hands on me and boom just tongues began to pour out of my mouth started speaking in That's tongues right. and uh, so that prepped silly me for that, that. as that job was for you you certainly didn't fit in that job but God had a divine reason for you being in that job right there's and, a purpose in fact we uh, were able to go to one of Shambach's tent crusades uh, probably the last one he ever had in Southern California in 1996, I think it was. Right. That was probably held at Bishop Blake's by his church, the Kajik Church. Out outdoor and tent. He was doing a big tent meeting there. And uh, he was a great evangelist, led many people to the Lord, uh, but also led many people into the baptism of the Holy right. Spirit. So remember, faith comes by hearing. What you listen to is very, very important. That's right. Because it's either going to create faith, or if you hear the negative, it's going to create fear. So you want to hear uh, the Word of God because that will produce strong, victorious faith in your life and it will lead you into the inheritance that God has for you as well. That's right. So we'll continue on now with your driving okay. to Southern California. And uh, as I remember, uh, Stephen, you were driving and you were being led by the Holy Spirit even where to drive. Yes. So you were even led where to get off the freeway. Right, because I, you know, this was before GPS and cell phones. None of those things existed then. 
but I had a sense of kind of like where I was going and eventually, you know, getting off the 405 interstate and making a few lefts and a few rights, I pulled into this large property that had a large building and I just sensed the Holy Spirit said, like, this is it. Uh, there's destiny for you here. Now, I didn't know it, but I actually pulled into the parking lot of the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. That's where their world headquarters was at. And going back, your boss that poured that anointing oil over right. your head was a Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. He was a member. Right. Member, and uh, you didn't know that. I didn't know that until later. <laughs> and I didn't know when I pulled that day into that parking lot of the you know, FGBMFI, as they call it, yes. uh, headquarters, I didn't know that within a year I would be a chapter president of the chapter that's the local chapter where all the bigwigs would come to my meeting, even, right. you know, Richard Shakarian and uh, Ron Weinbender and all the leaders and, and, of course, many of the famous multimillionaire Christian businessmen and even some women also who had these powerful testimonies, they would come to the headquarters. Well, when they come to the headquarters to visit, they would send them over to my chapter because we had meetings every week, uh, every Wednesday we would meet. And so I had access to some of the best speakers with the most powerful testimonies in the, in the world uh, come to our very chapter. So we had people getting saved, people getting healed. It was just a whole lot of fun. And that was something that God plugged me into through divine appointment. That's right. Every week, uh, I think this was 1997 we started this, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, every week we would have a, a luncheon, and we'd invite a businessman or a businesswoman to come and share their personal testimony and how they use that um, in, their, in their business. And it was such a blessing. We met so many people. In fact, I remember one time we had a man come to our chapter named Bill Swad. Yes, I remember him. And uh, that was really, really neat. But your first time being on TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, uh, was a result of being a Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship Chapter President right? because they heard your testimony, which we're not going to get into today, right? Um, about living in a cardboard box. right? You'll have to get his book, The Sacred Anointing, if you want to hear that testimony because that's the only book that it's written in, and it's a fabulous testimony, so I do encourage you to get that at our website. But um, you went on TBN uh, with Bill Swad, and there was a couple other multi-millionaires. Uh, Fred Cavazos was there. He, he brokered the largest, largest ruby sale ever in the history of the world, That's the most, right. world's most expensive ruby. Very, so basically uh, you were on TBN being interviewed by Richard Shikarian yes. uh, with all these multi-millionaire businessmen. He's a great man of God, a great man of God. And, of course, it's very good to see that FG... BMFI is doing wonderful today with the new leader. I believe he's from, uh, I can't remember, Mexico or Honduras. Yes. Very powerful leader. Yeah, so uh, they're thriving today, doing really, really well. But, you know, the Lord has a plan, a path, and you don't know everything as you step off into it, but you just go. And as it says in Scripture, it gets brighter and brighter every day when you're on the plan that God has for your life. So if we uh, back up a little bit, you left in August of 1995. Mm -hmm. from Texas to California, and you arrived, uh, I guess that was Costa Mesa, California, Southern California. Right, and you, uh, just to interrupt for a second, that was, it's kind of neat because TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, ended up buying that facility from... Right. The FGBMFI, that's how I'll say it. They right. moved to Irvine, right, and that's where we lived. Correct. And uh, so we got connected that way, but TBN, yes, their world headquarters bought that facility and is still there today. Paul and Jan Crouch had their primary offices there, and they 
just sold that facility. I believe it's just been resold to a um, international language school has now bought that beautiful facility. I think that's a good fit. It is, but the main thing is that that place the Lord took you to was a destination place. That was kind of like pulling here and I'll help you get you connected. And when I pulled in, I was, I have to admit, I fear was trying to hit me. Like you've made a crazy decision. You've moved to a state. You don't know anybody. You, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to totally be a flop. And, um, so I walked into that, uh, that big building, which was also being used at that time. Uh, it was being shared by a Bible college. And so there were some Bible students praying that attended that college. They were praying in the prayer chapel. So I just walked in and saw the prayer chapel. I thought, well, I, could, I need some prayer. I need to go pray. And as I walk into the prayer chapel, uh, two of the college students were there praying. They had their backs towards me, so they couldn't even see me. And as they were praying, they suddenly started prophesying. And one said, Lord, we thank you that you called him. And the other one said, Lord, yes, and we thank you that he obeyed and came. And then they looked at each other with the most puzzled look, like, why are we declaring this? And I, I was back in the back crying. And they turned around and said, it's because of you. That's why they were prophesying to me. So that brought to me like the final confirmation, you did the right thing. And uh, the Lord just really began to, uh, begin to get me established with a job, with work, and a place to stay. Right. Things started moving forward quickly. So right away when you came in, again, uh, Stephen did not know one person in Southern California. He'd never been there before and just went by the leading of the Spirit. And as soon as you got there, you got a job um, and you found a place to live. And that became very interesting. Well, I think it was really neat because, you know, the house I lived in was a large house. I was renting a room. It was owned by a, a single elderly lady. And she rented these rooms out to a whole bunch of Christian guys that were working full-time. And so, you know, one night I came down, walked down the stairs from my room, came down to the living room and talked with her and said, you know, um, I said, I would really like to get married. She said, oh, that's easy, Stephen. <laughs> I said, easy? I said, I, how can you say it's easy? I mean, I really want to get married and I'm not married, so how can it be so easy? She said, you wouldn't believe how many people, just like yourself, that have lived in this house, have come down those stairs, have come to this living room, have sat down next to me and said, I want to get married. And she said, I prayed one prayer with them, and they've all been married. They all move out. They get married, and they all got married to spirit-filled uh, spouses. I said, what, well, what kind of a prayer is this that you're praying? I said, you need to pray this prayer for me. Matthew 18, 19. That's what she said, <laughs> where two of you coming together on the earth agree as touching or, or agreeing over this certain issue, it'll be done by my Father who is in heaven. I said, I said please pray it. And she prayed it and uh, agreed that I would meet the godly spouse that God had for me. And I just stayed in faith and believed it. I had no idea I'm going to meet Kelly the very next day. So this was on a Saturday evening. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very interesting what the Lord does. Uh, definitely he was working uh, if you had come the two years prior, like I said earlier, we would not have met. Right. Uh, but now in 1995, it had been two months since you arrived in Southern California, and we met in October of 1995. Uh, you want to? Well, actually, I'm going to say on that Saturday night, I had actually just gotten back in town. I was led by the Lord uh, to go to the Kenneth Copeland Eagle Mountain Motorcycle Rally. And in Texas, and I'd never done anything like that before. I do want to back up a little bit, though, uh, because I want to say in 1993, I went through a divorce, mm -hmm. and I had two children, 
uh, Matthew and Jennifer, and uh, obviously I would not have met uh, Stephen at that time. Uh, so his timing was really good, so the Lord knew what was going to happen next. Uh, so I had been invited to go to a spirit-filled church in Southern California, and uh, I was not raised that way. And actually, I had been taught that being filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, healing, all that was of the devil, and it was all not good, so don't go near it. So, so you were raised in the Catholic Church, and then... Uh, and then I went to an evangelical church, right. and they also did not believe it. Right. So basically, that's what I was taught, so that's what I believed. And uh, after this divorce, and I was really seeking the Lord, and you know you're hurting, so I ran after the Lord. And so I was invited to um, go to a spirit-filled church, the Eagle's Nest Ministries in Southern California, yes. with Dr. Gary Greenwald. And uh, I hesitantly went, but I did go, and I thought these were the craziest people I'd ever seen. But lo and behold, the Holy Spirit kept working on me, and I went back week after week for about four weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was on September 28, 1994, that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Yes. And something very uh, dramatic uh, happened to me at that time. It was a, a really interesting encounter that I had. And uh, when I had hands laid on me, I uh, actually had paper put in my mouth by an angel. And I had my eyes closed. Now, this was very unusual because I obviously never experienced anything like this before, as most people have not. But I, I really um, didn't open my eyes, and all I knew is that someone was putting paper in my mouth for about 45 minutes right yeah we were worshiping the lord right after he laid hands on me so we were in uh praise and worship and uh, i just kept my eyes closed the whole time and even though i didn't understand it i said well i'm just going to keep my eyes closed and whatever's happening must be of the lord so i'm just going to accept it so i left that day i didn't tell anyone actually what happened to me for six months because i just wasn't sure until i read it in the word myself uh from Ezekiel chapter 2 at the end and then into chapter 3 where Ezekiel was told uh, by the Lord to eat the scroll. Right. I immediately knew what had happened to me and uh, therefore I was fed the word and um, I was so excited. But anyway, that happened to me in 1994. It so also I started happened to uh, John the Revelator. She it happened to John the Revelator in Revelation. Eat. That's mm -hmm. right. And, and to Ezekiel. Tasted like honey. Tasted like honey. It was not bitter. It tasted like honey. And uh, anyway, so that has been deposited on the inside of me. And again, that was end of 1994. So in 1995, when you came, I was ready. Okay, praise so God. So you got uh, prayed for on Saturday night. I returned from that motorcycle rally, and I was just, like I said, led by the Lord. I had a, was taken to the front row every time. So you went to Texas, and you went to the Eagle Mountain mo Motorcycle uh, Rally. That's right. They don't have them anymore, but it was Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle, Kenneth Copeland, all their wives. And I just enjoyed myself. But while I was there, the Lord put a deep desire in my heart to meet a man from Texas. Never happened before. It just happened while I was there. And I was there for about a week. But Saturday, I came home. And I had that desire, and I didn't meet anybody. Mm. But I went home, and Sunday morning, I showed up for church to pray. I was an intercessor at the church, so I had set my Bible on one of the church pews. And I went back to pray. And when I came out, about 15 minutes after the service started... Stephen, you were sitting right next to my Bible. Right, because that morning I had gotten up to go to the church that I normally attend, and that, that lady who was the homeowner, she said, Stephen, why don't you go to church with me today? 
I said, well, I'm going to my church. She said, I know. She said, that's a good church. We said, what? She said, why don't you visit my church today? I said, okay. Um, I said, sounds good to me. I said, uh, I'll just jump in your car and you drive me there. And she said, yeah. She said, I'll get us a good seat up front. I well, said, you know, okay. Uh, backing up a little bit, what actually really made you go to the service was what she said. Uh, years ago, you had been engaged. Right. And uh, without getting into all of that, you were engaged, but a man, a very, um, I think it was a pastor, right. handed you a book when you were back in Texas, you were about to get married, and he said, Stephen, I want you to read this book. Is that what he said? Yes, I, I was engaged to uh, this young lady, and she and I were like, you know, planning on getting married and stuff, but a pastor said, Stephen, um, she said, he said, I don't think that's God's uh, woman for you. He said, she's a good lady, but you two are not compatible spiritually. And he said, I don't think this is God's plan. You really need to pray about what you're about to do. And he said, please read this book. And he handed me a book that, you know, I'm, I didn't know that I'm eventually going to meet the author of this book. The book was written by Gary Greenwald. It was and a book about relationships. The book was called, and is called, Seductions Exposed. Right. And so, you know, I had no idea that within a few years I'm going to walk into his church, which is where you went. But that book, really, reading that book, after I read that book, I realized, Lord, this is not your best for me. And we just called things off mm -hmm. and, you know, still single. But that book was really influential because it was, I needed that at that moment to kind of um, see some things clearly. And it really helped me. That, that's an excellent book, right? Right a book on breaking soul ties and right. uh, really about the relationships. The dynamics of relationships, uh, not just the physical element, but also the soulish and the spiritual element. So it's an, a tremendous book. So when your landlord told you uh, the pastor's name was Dr. Gary Greenwald, you then remembered that book right. you read. Yeah, it came into my mind. Oh, he wrote that book, right. Well, you were excited to go. I thought, yeah, that's cool. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you, right. And so she drives me to the church, and she says, she said, I'll get us a seat up close to the front. I said, okay, you just pick it. And so she picks the seat, and we sit down. And I sat down right next to where her Bible was at. So you were, as an intercessor, you were back in the back with the other prayer warriors uh, praying. You came out about 15 minutes after the service started. The praise and worship is going on. And the pastor said, well, uh, why don't you now uh, greet the person next to you and, uh, and so forth. And so uh, we did, and we've been talking ever since. Right, and as soon as Stephen opened his mouth, I could tell he was from Texas. You could tell it was a Texas, yeah, because that time I had uh, more of a Texas accent. Uh, I think that's some right. of that's kind of been trimmed down now. But, so uh, we, we just really hit it off right. in the spirit, and the main thing was we connected spiritually right. immediately. Uh, we, I, I actually, when I got filled with the spirit, was put on a fast track uh, learning the word of faith. Right. Uh, I went to every meeting I could. I was in so many Norval Hayes meetings, I couldn't even count them. Um, today, uh, Fred Price, uh, Dr. Fred Price, Kenneth E. Hagen, Kenneth Copen. I just was eating up the word of faith, and the first thing Stephen started talking about uh, was word of faith and uh, all the great teachings and the foundational teachings. So we really hit it off, and uh, Stephen asked for my phone number, which I never gave to anyone. But I, I knew there was a connection, so uh, we went to dinner that night, Yes. and you could say the rest was history. We were married in two months. Yes. 
a prophetic marriage. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that because, you know, everything was accelerated. But really, you know, all we did was just go to meetings together. We went to Christian conferences. We just talked. Uh, in a sense, you could say we put all our cards out on the table. I said, this is my life. She told me her life. And uh, she had some conditions of what she wanted uh, God to honor in the spouse that she was believing for. Yeah, Stephen's condition was she had to be from Southern California, <laughs> and I was. But anyway, I had told the Lord after uh, being at that church for a while that if I ever got married again, I wanted a man that was never married because I had two children, and I wanted my children to be his children, and uh, also uh, that he had to be on the same spiritual level that I was. And so I told the Lord um, during a, actually a church uh, a building project. We were having a building project at the church, and the pastor asked if anyone was willing and able to purchase chairs for the new sanctuary. Right. So I really felt the Lord speak to me, and I purchased four chairs. I purchased my chair, my chairs for my two children, and the chair for my husband that would walk in the church and visit. And so that's when Stephen amazing, came right? and sat right next to me, I knew. Um, what had taken place and the Lord actually put him right there next to me in the chair I bought for him. So this is, this is what faith can do. Faith. <laughs> That's right. Uh, her faith brought me 1000 miles away mm. and caused me to sit in a chair that by faith she bought sowing the seed money, right. sowing it as a seed that her husband is going to come and sit in that chair and I came and sat literally in that very right. chair. I named my seed. Right, right. So uh, <clears throat> there is a real, there's a real revelation with seed time and harvest, mm -hmm. uh, giving and receiving. That is, uh, God can do things that are so amazing. So when you sow seed, you really need to sow in faith because God can get your harvest to you, even if it has to come from a thousand miles away. Or from the other side of the planet, okay? So God's able to do it, but we need to be living by faith. Amen. Praise so God. So as we go along, uh, we actually got married in January of 1996, January 8th. Yes. Eight means new beginnings, so we chose that date. And then we began to serve at the church and be raised up in the prophetic. We had the word of faith really strong. And right. uh, then we began to get raised up into the prophetic at that church. Sure. And... When we say raised up in the prophetic, you might be thinking, well, what does that mean, uh, Pastor Stephen? Well, first of all, it means, you know, study the word. Uh, if you have a prophetic calling, you're, you're going to begin to develop that. But really the bottom line, it just means that you get hands laid on you by those that are already operating right. in it. And then they take you and then they stand you in front of 50 people and they say, now prophesy to them. And you're like, well, what am I supposed to well, just prop, you know, let the Holy Spirit lead you and begin to prophesy. Because... It's like physical exercise. The more you exercise, say your arms or your legs, the stronger they're going to get. The more you exercise the gift of prophecy, the better that you will be. So that's how we got baptized in, in the prophetic. Uh, we would have these classes where, you know, they would uh, put us all in a circle. They'd have somebody stand up or they would even blindfold you. You can't even see who it is. And now give that person the word of the Lord. And uh, they call that sharpshooting. So it was prophetic training and equipping. And those are things that you can do on your own. And uh, it's good to practice. You may not always get it right, but there is a grace that will come, and you can begin to really minister the word of the Lord to people. And I, I still believe that out of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy is the easiest gift to get up and active in your life. Praise God. That's right. And 
This again is uh, again where you have to step out on faith. Yes. Once you start uh, prophesying by faith, the Lord gives you the rest. Amen. But you just have to step out on faith. But we were trained under seasoned seasoned prophets. Yes. And uh, so we began to prophesy and uh, got right. the whole package. Basically. Yeah, because anything, anytime there's something genuine, you're going to have all the fakey, goofy, mm -hmm. counterfeit, Fruit Loop stuff, and you know all of that. Ha you have to filter through all of that. So. Um, you have to you have to be able to filter through soulish prophecies and the genuine and the that which is rock solid straight from God and uh, and just sometimes goofy things people would give and um, uh, you know all of that is a is a growth and grace process. Right. So I would just say jump in and let the Holy Spirit get you up and running in those gifts and just exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's good to do it under a good covering. And yes. that's what we had. We had Amen. an umbrella that we were under of seasoned prophets who could prophesy very accurately. And so it's under that umbrella of covering protection and guidance that you can hone your skill really good as compared to just doing something, you know, secretly out in the parking lot and there's no, you know, well, no we've, accountability. We've had a lot and, of those. Yeah, no, yeah, they call we, it the parking lot prophecies <laughs> where there's no accountability. There's, you know, That's right. it's just, it's and, out and of we, order. We don't right. allow that on our property or in our meetings. Right. Uh, just as a side point. But um, there's reason for that because you're not accountable to well, anyone. Well, that's what the loose cannons love. People that's with right. no accountability, they love to just go. Well, and usually right. it's people who don't have their own pulpit, so they want to do something, so they just try to do it yeah, they try to take your platform and use it as their platform because they can't get theirs established because they're being disobedient. That's right. And uh, <laughs> right. you should always be under authority and under a covering. Even we have a covering today. It's very and, important. Uh, right. And under authority. Jesus under the covering of the Father and the church under the covering of Christ. That's and then right. Christ gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers as gifts to the body. And it's very important to honor the man or woman of God that God has placed in your life. That's right. And Stephen and I are both called into the office of the prophet. Stephen uh, also standing in the office of the apostle. And the man of God uh, that covers us, uh, Dr. Gary Greenwald, is also an apostle prophet. Yes. Uh, with a very strong healing ministry um, like we have. Yes. Right. And the man that's over Apostle Gary is Bishop Bill Hammond that many of you know today as one of the greatest prophets alive today. He's prophesied one-on-one -on -one to over 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. Stop and think about the time it would take to prophesy to individually to 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, he's done that, and uh, he's a great man of God as well. So uh, we are a little bit, maybe you would call us a hybrid. In other words, we're not just word of faith stream. We're not just prophetic stream. Uh, but we have, uh, and this is because I learned a lot about mantles and the, and the multicolored anointings. Joseph uh, had the coat of many colors, so I realized you can have, you'll, you'll have a primary flow, but you can still have influence from different streams. And that's why I've also, we and I both, we love the Catholic saints because of the deep walk of yes, God indeed. that they had. Now, they, some of them didn't have any revelation on what we would call the authority of the believer or maybe divine healing or some things along that line, but, or, or prosperity, but they had, they had such a strong walk with God, they still accomplished great exploits and they had lives that great stole the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can, you can pick and gather from the wonderful fruit that's on the banquet table that the Lord Jesus has spread. And then you also find your own unique niche and you just flow in that. I think that's very important. That's right. And I also want to say that um, serving is uh, very important when you're um, looking to be in the ministry. 
God always works that way. You start serving. Um, I served alongside an associate pastor in the church. She was a lady. Mm -hmm. And I drove her to all her meetings. I she basically was a full-time prophetess. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. And I was her armor bearer, and I went with her everywhere she went. Right. And uh, I did that for quite a while while I was being raised up in the church for my own ministry. And right. Stephen did the same thing with his pastor. Same thing, and, uh, uh, you know, originally just cleaning the pews, cleaning the toilets, vacuuming the carpet, mm -hmm. doing all of that really at a point where I had no clue I, was, I even had a ministry calling. I was just doing that because I love the Lord and I love the house of God and love being in the house of God all the time. So eventually the Lord just began to, you know, lift, lift, lift up. Yeah. And then there was eventually what we would call, you know, a pulpit ministry, uh, preaching and teaching and then traveling, and it kept on growing. Right. But a serving you, heart is very right. important. Amen. While you were uh, a full gospel businessman's chapter president, we then began to um, step out into traveling. And uh, I think it was in 1998, our first international trip was to Kampala, Uganda. That's right. That was a, a wonderful trip. And we went for uh, about three weeks preached at least three times a day, sometimes five meetings a day, but um, had a wonderful time. And, you know, the Lord just brought the provision. And I remember uh, one of our, our first director, Marty Salaya, really good friends with evangelist Tim Story. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tim does a lot of work uh, in Hollywood as well as you know, still ministering uh, to many people around the world. Southern California. Right, a great man of God. And he sold $1,000 into the ministry, and uh, other people contributed to the ministry. And before we knew it, we had the money, and we're up, and off we went on the airplane and uh, had a great time. And so just beginning to get immersed into mm -hmm. the calling to the nations and loving every bit of it. That's right. And then it was after that in 1999, which is our 20-year anniversary now, June 10th, 1999, is when we incorporated the ministry. That's right. So before that, we had the state incorporation, but you're looking for the big one. You're looking for the federal government that's to right. put their stamp, and that's when we got it, and they stamped it and said, you are now a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, and that took place in June uh, 1999. That's right. So we have now come across the 20-year uh, plan, and I tell you what, it's been wonderful what God did. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, end of 1999 in September, our daughter Abigail was born. Yes. And I uh, remember it was a year after that. Uh, she had just turned one, and the very next day we took our next international trip to South Africa. Yeah, that was a long flight, 18 <laughs> hours nonstop. And, uh, not, that was not a, easy with an infant that was just starting to crawl. No, it wasn't. But, but we loved it, enjoyed we it thoroughly, and the Lord was just immersing us and bathing us in the beginning stages of international ministry. Yeah, there was another couple that, husband and wife, they always took their little boy. Mm. His little boy, their little boy was the same age as our little girl. And so we would see him from time to time, and they were just running to the nations just like we were. They took him everywhere they went, all through Europe, all over the world, really. And, and we were doing the same thing. they're still doing that today. They're still doing it today. Yeah. yeah, great, great couple. Praise God. So that got us up and going. And then some things began to happen while we were in Long Beach, California. Well, we pastored for a while in Southern California from, I believe, 1999 to 2004. Right. The Lord allowed me to do that. And I think, I think it's good, uh, even though for a minister, if, if that's not your set calling as a pastor, it can still be good to do that for a season just so you know what pastors go through. And um, pastors, bless them, they put up with so many uh, things. You really have to have a grace from God to pastor. Amen. 
And we really enjoyed doing that, saw quite a few miracles and saw many lives touched. But we were moving more towards a traveling type ministry. And we knew that in a sense we can't do the traditional pastorship because we're just gone too much. I will say one thing about pastoring. At times it was very difficult, but um, now that we travel full time, um, I appreciate so much the pastors because, uh, you know, you learn about how to treat a traveling minister. That is true. And uh, a lot of pastors don't understand how to treat a traveling minister. So, so why would a pastor <laughs> not know how to treat a traveling minister? Yes. Because they've never traveled. Right. See, we've pastored, so when I come into uh, another man's house, I know how to, I, I know how to flow. Why? Because I used to pastor. So when I go into a church where somebody's pastoring, I know how to honor that man or that woman. I know, I know how to flow with the right protocol. But sometimes uh, pastors don't know how to host traveling ministers. Why? Because they've never traveled themselves. So God allowed us to pastor for a short season, just a couple of years, so that we would know uh, the heart of a pastor uh, but our, mainly, our main calling is apostolic. And, of course, an, uh, the word apostle in the basic Greek form means simply a sent one. That's right. And so there's a sending. You're, you're on the move, and that's what God has done. But, yes, it's good to have good treatment. Some pastors do a great job, and some uh, maybe it would be good if they traveled a little bit to <laughs> understand the heart of a prophet or the heart of a, an apostle who's on the move. Well, some of it should be common sense. At the same time, uh, we've had so many, we laugh at them now and say it's funny, but it wasn't funny at the time. The Some experiences. The silly, right. crazy experiences that went through uh, by not being taken care of properly as a traveling minister. But I'll tell you what, um, during those times and very difficult situations at the time, and what's different about us is we always traveled as a family. Mm -hmm. Most ministers go by themselves, but from day one, we always went as a family. Right. So Stephen and I and our daughter uh, always traveled together, whether it was uh, by car, by RV, by airplane. We always went together. Right. Little, uh, a little bit of an unorthodox thing. You don't see that that often in the ministry. It is there, but I would say maybe only 6 or 7% mm -hmm. out of the 93 uh, others that probably wouldn't do it that way. And one of the main reasons is because if you're traveling, they're, they're going to invite you. They're usually only going to cover one ticket. And so a lot, of, a lot of traveling ministers say, well, you know, I can't bring the family. And if you had a large family of seven or eight kids, I can understand that's probably not going to be the best format. But I've seen even large families do it. They just have a big bus or something like that. And right, you have to stay it, on the road I, you know, all the time. It certainly required us to have a lot of faith. Well, it takes more faith, than not it? Right. right. We always had to believe for three tickets. Right. Even because they're going to pay for one ticket, they're going to pay for me. Well, I've got to use Two my more. faith to cover for the others. And I, I was the one, you know, having to, uh, we would have to kind of like offset that ourselves and use our faith for that, even for international airfare tickets and all of that. But God was always faithful, and we always were on time, if not early. That's right. Praise God. But it was in Long Beach, California, and that would, what year was that? 2004? Uh, oh, 2002. Well, we, we were pastoring from 1999 to 2004, and I, in 2002, we moved to Long Beach, California. Right. So in, it was in 2002 when I had the supernatural encounter with the Lord and received the mantle of St. Columba, and that came on, that mantle came on me, and uh, for those of you that wouldn't be familiar with that church figure, uh, in, uh, from church history, he lived uh, right around the year of 596, I believe is when he passed away. So you have to go back in history about 1,400 years. But when that mantle from that 
from that former prophet came on my life, my ministry really began to take a much larger dimension because up until that point, I, I could prophesy and I could teach, but I didn't have a strong prophetic grace that the Lord has now done today. But he was also known for angelic visitations. And it was right after I received that mantle that I began to see in the spirit realm and God began to open things up as the Holy Spirit would lead. And I would have these encounters with angels and then wrote a book about angels, working with angels. And that really began to move things forward with a new, with a new pace for the ministry. Right. And uh, at that time, after you had that uh, experience with St. Columba and you received that mantle, you actually wrote your first book that most people don't know about because it's not available. It was a self-published book called Where Are the Mantles? Right. And uh, later you wrote another book, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, that took off from there because after that first experience, you received many more. Right. And something interesting because St. Columba lived in the area of Scotland off the coast of Scotland on a small island called the Isle of Iona. And he was a contemporary coming a little bit later after St. Patrick, who would be considered the, the patron saint of Ireland. But we're going to be in Ireland in just a couple of weeks, and there is a mountain in Ireland that's considered the most holy mountain, but it's the mountain that St. Patrick went up on and he fasted and prayed for 40 days, 40 nights, with no food. Uh, the enemy sent a whole flock of crows to harass him, and he had, had a lot of... Uh, uh, like evil attacks against him, but he stayed up there and he kept fasting and he came out of that fast in the power of the spirit and was able to do a great evangelistic work there in Ireland. But we're going to be climbing that mountain That's in right. Ireland and anybody that would be in Europe or perhaps wherever and you would like to climb that mountain with us, we're actually going to be hiking up that mountain on that annual pilgrimage here in just a few weeks. Right. Most people don't know the real story about St. Patrick. Um, he was actually kidnapped. He wasn't Irish. He's actually English, uh, Welsh, he was British. actually. Okay, right. Welsh from mm -hmm. Wales and uh, actually was kidnapped and was in Ireland uh, for quite as a, a while as a, a slave, slave boy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he escaped one day, and the Lord actually spoke to him when he went home uh, back, back to Wales that um, he was to go back. Right. Um, after a few years, he was to go back and help get saved the Irish people. He was a Christian. And, of course, in Ireland, most of them are Catholic. Because while he was a slave, he, he learned the language of the Irish people. Yes, he did. And later, when he escaped and went back to his home country, uh, he had a vision. And in the vision, the Irish people were calling out to him, come, come help us. And he was assigned an angel. The angel that was assigned to him was named Victor, mm -hmm. or, or Victory, as we would translate it. And that was the angel that stood with him. And helped him to evangelize what we would basically call the barbarians or the uh, the pagans of uh, Ireland of that time. That's right. And, and, yet, uh, and yes, he did drive all the snakes out. Well, people say there's no snakes today. It didn't really happen. Well, there's no snakes today because he drove them all out. Right. So uh, actually, Stephen, the mountain that's called the holiest mountain of all in Ireland. Yes. Um, actually is happen happens to be having their annual pilgrimage where people come from all over the world to actually climb um, Krog Patrick, as they call it, C-R-O-A-G-H. And uh, it's a very steep mount, but the pilgrims come from all over, and it only happens once a year, and it's happening when we're there. Right. So we are going to become pilgrims, and we are going to go up to the holiest mountain. We're going to climb the mountain. If you want to climb it with us, come on. It takes about three hours to hike up it. Uh, it's, it's a walk. You know, It can be kind of steep at places, maybe three hours to get up, probably about an hour and a half to come down. 
But we'll, we'll put that on our event calendar on the website so people can have information to that and maybe meet us at the base of the mountain. It'll be on a Friday in the morning in July. We'll put the date and everything so anybody would want it's, to join uh, us. July 28th is the day of that pilgrimage. Okay, praise God. Right. Good. I'm actually Irish. My roots are from Ireland. I have right. a whole lot of Irish in me. In fact, my name Kelly means warrior woman. <laughs> and uh, that's a Celtic name. And your father, a full-blooded Irishman that's who right. immigrated my, to America. That's right. My father was born and raised in Ireland. and uh, Avoca, Ireland. Avoca, Ireland, mm -hmm. a little small town on the uh, southeast coast. Anyway, we're going to Ireland for the first time. We've been waiting for years, but we haven't had the right invitation. So we're going now um, by, you know, divine guidance of the Lord. And we're very excited to be going before that though we will be in england since we're talking about it in london mm -hmm. uh, speaking at a conference in london england if you'd like to come that will be the 19th through the 21st of july visit our website and you'll see it probably on the banner on the front or go to the events page and we'd love to have you join us we do have some of our ministry partners coming that live in the uk so we're very excited by the way if you ever come to one of our meetings no matter where it is Please let us know you're there and come up and see us afterwards. We'd love to meet you, hug you, yes. uh, pray for you, um, whatever you need. So please do that. We already know you in the spirit, but That's it's always right. nice to meet you in person. So please say hello. We'll be at Apostle Andy Easy's uh, powerful church there in London, England for those meetings. So all of that information is on the website. We hope to see you there. Right Now, after you receive that mantle of St. Columba, things really started to escalate in the ministry You're your healing anointing went to a higher level. Your prophetic anointing went to a higher level. And we began to really take off uh, traveling as well. And, right. And uh, the Lord actually s spoke to me in uh, 2005. Actually, it was February 1st, 2005. I had a dream, mm. a very vivid dream. And in that dream, uh, actually, a prophetess came to me in the dream um, that I had met one time and said, you're moving to North Carolina. Right. So I woke up, I told Stephen about the dream, and that's it in a nutshell. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, we had so many confirmations of moving to North Carolina. Now, once again, this was a complete faith walk because we had traveled all over uh, the east and the, the middle of the states, but never to the, I'm sorry, all over the west and uh, the middle of the states, but never to the East Coast. So we had never been to North Carolina. That was one state we hadn't been to. So we were going by faith. We didn't know one person. We didn't know where we were moving. And uh, we just set out. At that time, we were traveling now in an RV. Right. We bought a huge RV, loaded up Abigail, loaded up our dog, yeah. our cat, and we traveled all over the states. But we hadn't been to North Carolina when the Lord said go. So we immediately went in 2005. I think it was June 1st of 2005. We arrived in Moravian Falls, North Carolina by the leading of the Lord. Yes, and established Moravian Falls as our base for our travels. And most of the time we were gone from Moravian Falls because we were simply traveling so much. We would literally be gone three weeks out of every month, mm -hmm. uh, just traveling from state to state, all driving all over the country in a motorhome ministry. And we just began to put our roots down in Moravian Falls. It's a very prophetic community. Uh, a lot of times people will come to visit Moravian Falls because they hear about the the angels and everything, but they come and they're like, well, where is it at? Well, all these find just <laughs> woods and forest and trees. And, you know, it, it's really a rural community in the forest, in the woods. Um, but It's, it's not uh, like Disneyland, though. You can't make an angelic encounter happen. Right. So it's a place <laughs> where God is honored, the angels are active, and... 
And there, the people who are here have a great love for the Jewish people, a great yes. love for the nation of Israel. You'll hear shofars blowing all through the mountains. In fact, uh, it's, it's said and I think known by many people that Israel is the number one place in the world for angelic activity. And I've heard that Moravian Falls is number two. It's a, it's a spiritual uh, open place. And a, and a lot of people don't know it, but the Israelis know Moravian Falls. And a lot of people don't know also, but there are, there are military leaders and high-ranking political figures from Israel and the Israeli government that come t for retreat and relaxation right. here Moravian in Moravian Falls. Moravian Falls is a hidden place. It's, mm -hmm. uh, we never believed it was a place that would uh, grow and be like a big city. Uh, the Lord has it hidden on purpose. It's a safe spot for the prophetic. It's a, it's a spot to seek the Lord, but it's a sending out place. Mm -hmm. It's a sending out place for the glory to go out. Amen. That's good. Praise God. Okay, so let's move forward a little bit, Kelly, with the timeline here. What's next? How about in 2005, uh, actually you launched Livestream from this location? Launched it with, a, with an element of fear and trembling, That's thanking... <laughs> Lord is a is a internet church. Is it viable? Right. Is it uh, will it even work? And this was when this was before internet church. The term was even coined or phrased, really. But we started moving into that and found out. Oh yes, people are hungry all over the world, and you have a lot of people that maybe are in transition of a church, or they don't have a church, or in they're in a uh, an area where there is no spirit filled voice, mm -hmm. and so people begin plugging in, and we've actually had online church members who have been with us now for 20 for, years for 20 years some of them right well the internet for like oh for like 10 since well, we I'm started sorry, this. I meant ministry partners we have some ministry partners right. that actually have been with us from the very beginning that's true we've got ministry partners still with us from the launch of the ministry 20 years ago and we also have people that the moment the online church was started they're still online members still tithing they're blessed they're healthy walking with god enjoying all the benefits of the Lord. So when people are fed the word and that spiritual nourishment yeah. comes in, uh, God just keeps lifting them up and blessing them. So we're honored right. to be able to and, minister and to so we many. We know most of our online members just like their family. Yes. Uh, many of them we have met in our meetings, and uh, many we email all the time. You call on the phone as the Spirit leads, right. and uh, they know us, so we're their pastors. We'll see every email. We, we, yes. get, we get to a place where we can't answer all the emails, but we see, I, myself and Kelly and our team, we, we will see the emails. We will pray for you. We, yes, we, we see will. the giving as it comes in, and uh, we're praying for, for everybody that's connected to this ministry and believing that the grace that's on this ministry, as Paul uh, told his partners, he said, you are partakers of my grace. Mm -hmm. We believe also that you partake of the grace that's on this ministry, that it flows into your life as well. Amen. Praise God. And uh, so as the uh, live stream is going along, other things are starting to happen. You're writing more books. We had the angel book come out, and that's, right. that's been 12 years now. It's been translated into many different languages. I have an apostle friend in Nigeria. He was at a large, mm -hmm. a large convention uh, just a few months ago, and he said, uh, and I think this was a Catholic convention, and the leading archbishop of the area or of the, of the nation was going up towards the pulpit carrying a couple of books with him he had his bible and a couple of books and my my apostle friend said he saw the books and they were my books <laughs> so he said hey wow uh, are you enjoying those books he said yes these are excellent books he goes why well, he goes i know stephen brooks and the, the minister said you know stephen brooks 
works. And uh, so small world in some ways, but they've gone all over the world by God's grace. And even right now, um, the book, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Spirit, is being translated by Sister Sarah into, uh, from English into Mandarin. That's right. And She's in China. Right. And you have over one billion people that speak and read Mandarin. So we're very excited to see what God will do with that because she's on the final chapter, and then that complete Mandarin tran uh, translation will be done, and it will be made available as an e-book and also as a printed book. Right. And, so um, uh, we would love it if you would agree with us for the right publisher in China because that's not easy to find, but the Lord can find it for us. I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, uh, Pastor Stephen, that's China. You can't, you can't get books distributed. You know what I found out? If there's... If there's, with, with publishers and printers and all those guys out there, if there's money involved, they're, they're going to get it out there anyhow. They'll, 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 they make it happen. And, uh, and there's still capitalism even in a communistic society. But, oh, yeah, they'll get, they'll get the books out. The books will spread. And primarily, they will get into the hands of the pastors of the underground churches. And that will really help them to better understand the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, Stephen, when you wrote the book Working with Angels, which is a best-selling book still today, if you don't have that book, I really encourage you to get it so that you can understand the role of angels in our lives today. Um, they're not like little cherubs floating around on the clouds and, you know, playing little instruments, but they actually are sent for believers to work for us, but you have to know how to put your angels to work. Absolutely, and in that book, I just opened up a lot of that, uh, explaining mm -hmm. uh, how to have a closer relationship with the Lord and His angels. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says that these angels, they are all ministering spirits. In other words, they render service to who? To those of you that are heirs of salvation. So that would be you. You are an heir of salvation. You're already saved, but you're an heir of the fullness of that salvation experience. So they render service. They help you along life's journey. And when you understand the ministry of angels, you are more open to their supernatural activity and how God can do miracles in your life. Amen. I think it's a real detriment to uh, people, to the church, if they don't understand the ministry of the angels. Uh, we all have guardian angels. Uh, we have more than one angel. Um, there's many angels over our ministry. We've, you've seen our YouTube angel. You've seen our domestic angel for travel. You've yes. seen our international angel um, for traveling. But um, if we don't put these angels to work, they're, they're not helping us, and that's what God put them here for yes. is to help us in our lives on the earth today. Absolutely. They can bring miracle deliverance. They're sent by God. See, it says they're sent forth. That's sent right. forth from where? From God. Uh, to whom? To you and I. And they could be sent from heaven, or they could already be in the earth, and they just get positioned to come over and help you. But they are sent by God. And right. we need to build. This is an hour of, of increased angelic activity. That's right. As things uh, grow worse in the world, you could say there certainly is uh, more angelic activity like I've never seen before. But um, there are so many uh, wonderful stories that you tell in your book about divine angelic encounters. Um, so I would really encourage people to get that book so they can have an understanding of what, what to do with their angels. Yeah, I think, I think that you need, my friends, to not view angels or seeing an angel through a vision as something like bizarre, rare, weird, or like 
you know, like once in a lifetime type of thing. It happens to uh, uh, angelic visions and having angelic encounters is a lot more frequent than what people think. And when you open your heart to the, to the reality of the Word of God, um, I really believe that a lot of things can be expedited in your life. They can, in other words, they can be sped up. They can be accomplished. You have different means of delivery if you want to mail something. But if you get it expedited, you can get it there overnight. And that's a lot better than waiting three weeks. So the angels, they, they render service. They expedite mm -hmm. the plan of God for your life. So things can be done, get done quicker. They can get accomplished. Instead of taking 10 years, they can get done maybe in a few months. We really need to seek the Lord for their assistance. And we did, Stephen, especially when we were traveling in our RV. Um, for several years, we traveled in the RV, and we had so many uh, situations that could have been dangerous, um, that could have cost us a lot of time. Right. Uh, but there were some situations where we knew uh, angels were involved in helping us get out of these situations. Right, because the deliverance was too supernatural. That's too right. unexplainable, too like, wow, that was, how did, they, how, did the, how did they show up right then, right there? That, how did that help come? It's just un, really unexplainable. So those are the angels working behind the scenes to keep you moving forward in God's plan for your life, protecting you, keeping you safe, but also seeing God's will come to pass in your life. That's right. And now after you wrote that book, Stephen, I'm uh, remembering about the next time that you received a mantle. You actually received four mantles in 2007 uh, from Wade E. Taylor. Yes, that's when I met Dr. Wade Taylor. We had been in Washington, D.C. for a, a, a minister's conference. And, and we weren't there for the conference. We actually just went there to have lunch with one of the ministers. And uh, That's right, because we I'd spoken at that yes, pastor's church We were just frequently. passing through. But the pastor said, he said, Stephen, you need to meet Wade Taylor. And he introduced me to uh, Dr. Wade Taylor. And Wade said, next time you're in D.C., Please contact me. Right, and you didn't know who Wade Taylor was. Neither one of us did. We'd never heard of him right. before. At that time, he was 80 years old. Right, 80 years old, and this was in 2007. And uh, so basically, we just said a quick hello, uh, five minutes at the most, an mm -hmm. introduction. And then he said, call me if you're ever in the area again, and gave us phone numbers. So uh, actually, about was maybe a couple weeks to a month later, we happened to be uh, at a meeting in uh, Washington, D.C. And I said, Stephen... Right. Remember that nice man, Wade Taylor, that we met? He said to look him up if we were ever in town again. So we called him, and uh, he said, can you meet me for lunch today? So he said, yes, we can. So we right. drove on to his uh, restaurant. His actually favorite restaurant of his was, uh, what was it, it was called? It Bob Evans' restaurant. Yeah, Bob Evans, and he, he was, loved the bean soup there. Yes, <laughs> he loved the bean soup, and we had a, a great talk. He told me all about his ministry. He told me about some of his heroes of faith. Then he asked me about who I was, and he asked me about my ministry, and I talked for maybe 30 minutes explaining and sharing that with him, and he said, he said, we need to go out to your car and pray. Right. Now, we had, again, not known him, and this was about an hour we spent in the restaurant when he said we need to go out and pray. Right. So we, we pay the bill, we leave the tip, we go outside, and he said, let's go to your car. So we go to my vehicle, and I'm mm -hmm. in the driver's seat. He sits in the passenger seat, and my wife... Kelly sitting in the back, and Wade said, Stephen, why don't you pray? I said, okay. Well, I, I, I pray, and I'm kind of spinning my wheels because I don't know what to pray about. Lord, thank you for lunch. Thank you for this day. Thank you for meeting Wade. Thank you for our, our friendship. 
And I felt like I was just kind of like spinning my wheels, so I just, I just stopped praying. I said, in Jesus' name, amen. And Wade said, good. He said, amen. <laughs> and, and then what took place after that? Well, then after that, Wade said, Stephen, I'll need your hands for this. Right. So he had Stephen put his hands out um, there in the little thing between the two front seats. Right. Sucked my hands out. Mm-hmm. Wade grabbed my hands. And he said, Stephen, he said, I now transfer my mantle to you. And he said, I transfer the mantle of Walter Butler to you. Also, the mantle of John Follett I transfer to you. And the mantle of Ivan Spencer I transfer to you now in Jesus' name. And I could feel like warm, like liquid oil, like the glory of God coming into me. And I was really getting drunk in the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's it took no longer than five minutes. And that's all Wade said. And Stephen wasn't expecting this. It was really... Um, quite remarkable and then Wade said okay goodbye jumped out of the car and off he drove and that was that right as soon as he was done releasing that anointing he said okay goodbye right and, so but he, he was a man of very few words from the perspective right. he liked to talk but he wouldn't just talk like but only about, about the Lord only about the Lord he wouldn't have conversations about the weather or sports he had no interest in that had no TV in his house and uh, it just wasn't that wasn't his thing his thing was all about the deeper walk Right, and so out of that, um, you began to study the, the other three mantles that he transferred to you. And right, and uh, as far as Dr. Wade Taylor, he was the founder uh, of Pinecrest Bible College, which was a Bible college in, I would call it, remote area of upstate New York. It was more like a retreat place where you would go to get away, seek the Lord. But the whole thrust of the Bible college was not to learn Greek, not to learn Hebrew, not to get a theological understanding of God, but really to develop a deep devotional walk. And so he had a very unique Bible college, and he directed that for, uh, you know, a couple of decades before stepping down from that. And then also it was a very beautiful piece of property that he had acquired uh, from a, a well-known television minister who actually gave him that piece of property. So uh, it was a beautiful piece of property. Wade had this grace of receiving some of the most phenomenal properties that were given to him at no charge. One, right. one property was a $5 million property that was given to him. He was also given uh, the Maxwell House, the original coffee house that the wow. Maxwell House Coffee uh, <laughs> Company had raised up. They gave that. He was, that was given to him. He had an anointing to... Uh, just have these amazing properties given to him. But he released his mantle into my life. Mm-hmm. He also transferred the mantle of Walter Butler, who uh, Brother Butler had passed away in the early 70s. He was a, a, a prophet who traveled to over 100 nations, teaching primarily on the subject of the manifest presence mm-hmm. of the Lord. And Walter Butler also, when he wasn't traveling, he was a teacher at EBI, Eastern Bible Institute, which is a Assemblies of God uh, School of Ministry, and he was a Bible college teacher as well, as well as a world traveler and teacher. And then you had John Follett, who was a writer, and he was a real mystic saint. Wade told me that John Follett, uh, even as an old man, uh, he, w- he never married, never had any kids, he was just single, and all he did was just pray literally all day long. And Wade said he would sometimes would be so far over in the spirit, he said he couldn't even use a, John Flett couldn't even operate a screwdriver. He just, uh, that wasn't his thing. His whole thing was spiritual. And uh, he was a writer. Had, there's some beautiful writings. Uh, some of his books are available on, probably on Amazon, Broken Bread, mm. and uh, other types of things like that. But he was a, a, a real mystic saint. He was a direct descendant of the Huguenots from France 
who had been persecuted during a great time when the evangelicals were being persecuted by the Catholic Church back in the uh, 15 and 1600s, uh, even into the 1700s. But uh, very fascinating, Ivan Spencer, also the founder of a Bible school mm -hmm. that's still in, in operation today. But it's, it's transferring of a mantle along the line of raising up a, a, what I would call a different type of school of ministry. A school of ministry that focuses on the deeper walk. And all of those men, that they, a lot of these guys, you maybe haven't heard of their names, that they were not what you would call the headline speaker, but they were guys that just had a serious close relationship with God. They could hear from God in, in a very, very holy way. Right, and we can see how that's working in your life today. All four of those mantles were men of God, that were very humble, and they uh, fasted and prayed mm -hmm. a lot, and they spent time with God in prayer. And you have partaken of all of that. You, you do the same thing. So many of the things you do are similar. And um, one thing I wanted to say, they all had a property anointing sure. or a, a Bible school anointing. Right. And uh, one thing that the Lord spoke to Stephen is to raise up a monastery. So many of you aren't aware of that, but... We will be raising up a monastery in the future, and right now we're yeah, praying about that. Quite a few people that are praying, a lot of prophets that are praying on that along with us as to where is the exact location of this spot. Um, now, when we say monastery, just relax. Uh, you'll be able to come even if you're married. Okay, We won't hold you to the Catholic, uh, Catholic doctrine, which is that you have to be... Um, you have to be single and you can never marry. But I, I don't believe that's biblical. But it'll be a school of ministry that we will eventually launch, but it'll have more of what we would call a monastic feel. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not, in other words, I'm not really concerned if you can, um, you know, diagram Greek. That's not really going to be the focus. It's mainly going to be a focus of the deeper devotional life. And really with Dr. And Taylor. And in prayer. Right. And, and what, let me just say that you're not saying that uh, single people um, need to be married because some people are called to be single. We're yeah, just saying right. you don't have to be single to come to the monastery. That is correct. While some, a few, are called the celibacy, we know that, all, of course, not all are. But whatever you're, you're calling, you could come. Amen. If you love the Lord and you want to experience a deeper walk, and Dr. Wade Taylor, most of his books were written about the devotional life. Mm -hmm. Any of the books, if you read his books, is all about just getting closer to the Lord. So uh, he was a great a great friend. Uh, he passed away about five or six years after we had met. Well, we spent a lot of time together. Yes, and, after uh, you uh, got to know Wade, uh, you often spent uh, times with Wade overnight in D.C. He lived only a couple blocks in the White House, and he was on assignment in his latter days uh, basically to pray for politicians and pray for D.C. And Stephen would go and stay with Wade uh, many times, and they would just pray take communion and talk about the Lord and just sit before the Lord. On many occasions they did that. I remember one time we took uh, Wade Taylor and Neville Johnson from Australia mm -hmm. and we got together, I pulled them together for a meeting and uh, we went, we did some meetings together and in one of the meetings Neville was shocked to find out that way of Wade's connection with Walter Butler because Neville said Walter Butler spoke in my church right. back in the early <laughs> 70s when he, Butler All was in Australia. in Australia he's speaking right. there in Neville's church and now here we are decades later you know well, Neville Johnson actually always had a heart's desire to meet Wade Taylor right and we were friends with Neville so we brought that together yeah another uh, apostle who walks very close with God so um, just, it's just that you follow the plan of destiny that God has for your life, 
and he'll connect you with the right people the right way. But you have to go with what God wants for you. And he'll, because what he has for you is really, really special and it's tailor made just for you. That's right. Now let's move along to 2008. You wrote another book. This is actually the book you wrote on mantles. Standing on the shoulders of giants. And that was also the year, the first year that we went to Israel. That is true. We took our first uh, trip to Israel. You actually were invited to be a speaker at a very large conference in Israel. And uh, we had such an amazing time. Anytime you go to Israel your first time, uh, you'll just want to keep going back. That's what I really believe. We had such a divine encounter. What happened? We had something supernatural happen the first time we ever went to the Western Wall, sometimes called the Wailing Wall, which is um, really, it's, it's not the Temple Wall. It's the foundation uh, uh, retaining wall, basically, up on higher up where the Temple used to sit. But what happened when you and I went to the Western Wall? Well, if people have been there, they know that the men are on one side of the wall, right. and then on the other side, to the right side, the women go and pray. So you're separated. You, they don't go together there. So Stephen went on the left side, and I went on the right side, and you go up to the western wall, and you, you want to lay your hands on the wall. So I began to pray with my hands laid on the wall, and as soon as I did that, I could feel a heartbeat uh, just beating uh, in my hand really hard. And it was a supernatural thing that happened, and I understood that God was there. This was where he is, where he dwells. And um, anyway, so that happened to me, and it really changed, changed my life and brought a love for Israel now, when Stephen came and we met at the back, as we were both done praying, he had something happen to him. Right. So when I, when I went to the men's side of the Western Wall and I put my hand on the wall, uh, to my great surprise, I felt kathump, kathump. It was like this massive heartbeat of a father God demonstrating his love for the land because the land belongs to the Jews. That's right. His love for the Jewish people, his love for the nation of Israel. And we had what you would call a Beulah experience. Um, this church that we have used to be called the Moravian Falls Methodist Church, and it was called uh, the Beulah Methodist Church. Beulah, a lot of people don't know, but it's actually a Hebrew word that means married to the land. Mm -hmm. So we had, a, we had an encounter with the Lord where uh, these trips that we go on to Israel, we take tours, yes, we'll do the sightseeing, but it's more than just a sightseeing tour. Most of the people, when the tour is over, they leave and something's gripped their heart. That's right. And they're like, they're like, I don't know why, but they're weeping and crying. And they're like, I love Israel. I love this land. I love this people. What has taken place? A, a Beulah experience. It's like a wedding took place and you got married to the land. And that's a spiritual encounter. And that's what we hope for people to experience when we take tours to Israel. Right. So out of that um, first trip, then you were a guest uh, at another conference, and we've ever since been going back, and then we started leading our own tours yes. to Israel. And by the way, since we're talking about Israel, uh, we're taking a little poll right now, and many people email us all the time or call and ask, when are we going back to Israel? So um, right now we are looking at going to Israel in uh, May, June, somewhere around May or June of 2020. And if you would like to go, uh, then please email us at events, E-V-E-N-T-S, at stephenbrooks.org. But please only email us if you are really committed to go. Because uh, once you sign up to go to Israel, if you back out at the last minute, then we are responsible to pay the tour company uh, the money that they lost. So we are going to probably ask, I'm sure we are, 
um, for a non-refundable deposit, somewhere between three and five hundred dollars. And if you do go to Israel and you fulfill that, then obviously that money will go towards your trip. But if you want to go, let us know at events at stephenbrooks.org, and we will meet you in Israel if we don't see you sooner than then. And I guarantee you it will change your life forever. Absolutely. You know, speaking about mantles, there are some mantles that we know you can only find in Israel. That's true. Uh, unique encounters, supernatural experiences. And, um, it's just a beautiful place to go and, and to encounter the Lord. I love, I love everything about it. I love the culture. I love the food. I love the weather. We love uh, the people. Yeah, the people, the landscape, and um, the heart of God. God's eyes are always on that land, always on Jerusalem, and all the other cities as well. So, life-changing. Amen. So, I want to talk about mantles again very briefly. Sure. Uh, because uh, you didn't go into the vision that you had uh, where the Lord took you and gave you that first mantle of St. Columba. And the reason I want to bring that up is because those mantles that you saw in that vision, that huge stack of mantles, and by the way, you can read that in his book, so I won't get into it, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. But it was such an amazing thing that happened and what you saw. All those mantles were being guarded by those evil spirits because they had been stolen. Right. And the reason they were stolen is they were unclaimed mantles. That's what the Lord told you. Praise God. Right. That's right. So God wants a successor. Uh, and Dr. Lester Summerall said that. He said, before a man of God leaves the earth, or if it's a woman, it's her ministry, there needs to be a successor before that person leaves and passes on. And at that baton, it's not exchanged. Uh, it's really a very, it could be a very tragic thing. So if you have a Moses, uh, when Moses is getting up there in age, he needs to be looking for the Joshua. Because God's that's got right. a Joshua somewhere. And if you're Elijah, there's somewhere out there that's going to have to be the Elisha. If you're Paul, somewhere, be looking for the Timothy, raise them up, equip them, and train them so that baton, that relay baton can be passed on and that anointing can continue. But oftentimes when people come to Israel with us, they, get, they, they come back with some, I would say, new clothing. That's right. Uh, spiritual new clothing. New jewelry, new clothing. Yeah, get, get a mantle, something supernatural from the Lord, from right. heaven we, we've had some while people, in Israel. We've had some people while in Israel receive a necklace from the Lord. Right. So there's different kinds of mantles you can receive, but usually it's the clothing, something upon the shoulders. But you mentioned Dr. Lester Summerall. And speaking of mantles, he received the mantle of uh, Smith Wigglesworth. Yes. But Smith Wigglesworth received the mantle of Howard Carter. Now, today, uh, Dr. Lester Summerall, before he went on to be with the Lord, he transferred his mantle to Rod Parsley. Yes. Who has a thriving church today in Ohio. Yes. So Great the mantles are not, should never be left in the grave. In fact, they shouldn't be there. They should be transferred to somebody who's qualified. And I don't mean uh, lightly just, you know, giving the mantle. Because many times when you pray for people, Stephen will ask, uh, people will ask Stephen for his mantle. Um, but that's not the how, how, how it's done. It's got to be led by the Lord in a divine way. Yeah, there can be impartation and there can be partaking of the grace. But to get like a real heavy touch... Um, you have to really pursue. And that's why you see in Colossians chapter 3, seek those things which are above. That's it good. takes a real diligent seeking. And then when the Lord sees that seeking and that hunger, that's when that door of blessing will begin to open. Right, and, and mostly it comes through relationship. 
Absolutely, that's very, very important. Or, or connection, or, or hearing, or reading, but it's a heart connection. Not so much flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual connect, uh, connection where you're connecting in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, Stephen, as you continued to write your books, uh, in 2010, the Lord was um, actually commissioned you as an apostle. How did that happen? That took place in a visitation when Jesus came to me while we had our offices over on 9th Street in Wilkesboro or North Wilkesboro. But the Lord came in. We talked for about 45 minutes. He said, I want to come and talk with you about your apostolic ministry. Mm-hmm. And there was a commissioning into the apostolic. Uh, there were some spiritual gifts released and given to me at that time. And so that's also when even more nations begin to open up, more, more travel. And that's when the, the angel Mysterion was assigned to me, which was really a, a cool experience because whenever we travel international, ever, ever since then, we've been able to travel business class. And that's what Jesus told me, that angel is being assigned to, so that me and my family can go business class when we travel. And that's something you hardly ever hear of in the church. Um, but I'm telling you, my friends, this is why you need to Amen. really receive angels yes. from God. I, I know there can be a counterfeit, but we're not open to that. We know how to test the spirits. And one of the ways you can test the spirit is, did Jesus Christ, ask the spirit, did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? Mm. Is an evil spirit, they'll say, no, he did not come in the flesh. But a holy angel will say, well, well sure he did, yes. right? And uh, uh, it will glory, the, the encounter will glorify the Lord. But you really need to open your heart to angels because God can bring some real blessings into your life and he'll use the angels as a, a vehicle of delivery. Woo, thank you, Jesus, to receive his best. Right, and Mysterion is the angel of our international travel. Right, and uh, the word Mysterion is a Greek word. That's the, actually Jesus told me that the name of that angel. And, uh, you know, I've written about angels. I study the Bible concerning angels. But I think you guys pick up my heart. I, I worship the Lord only. Right. I don't worship angels. I, uh, you know, the Bible uses the phrase, the host of heaven. That can describe the, you know, the sun, the stars, the moon. That's something the, the, the Israelites under the Old Covenant had a real problem with. They were often just get into this worship of the planets, and they would make uh, deities out of the stars, and they would worship the host of heaven. But we don't worship the host of heaven because God made all the stars. God made the entire universe, and God created the angels. So we don't worship angels. We worship the Lord only. But he uses them as vehicles of delivery. So often to get the blessing that he wants you to receive, he'll Amen. send an angel to, to bring it to you. And if you can't receive the angel, you can't receive the blessing. Woo, hallelujah. That's right. Be Amen. open to the angelic ministry. There's a real anointing yes, on this today is, for that purpose. I sense angelic delivery. So, Father, those yes, heavenly Lord. packages that you want to get into the lives of your people, those heavenly blessings released mm-hmm. into the earth so they become a tangible, real events in the natural. Mm-hmm. Father, let your angels bring them and, and take them and let your people receive the angelic messenger in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And Praise amen. God. So, and then after uh, that happened, uh, we began to travel um, after you received the... De- the international angel over our travel, Mysterion, we began to really travel to the nations. Taiwan, Singapore, South Korea, Germany, Israel, India, and just on and all on it o- went. All over. Mm-hmm. Um, several different nations began to open up to us. Yes. And again, we were believing God for three tickets. Not one, but we always went together. So uh, right. our faith was out there again and, wor- and working. And just over and over and over, the Lord would do it. Right. Right. 
Now, it was after, uh, it was March 4th of 2011. That's a special uh, day. Yes, it's a special day that we will always remember because I heard the Lord say March 4th. And it happened that on March 4th. Kind of uh, a prophetic twist on that. Yes, the, it was. the month of March, the day was the 4th, but also the Lord was using it like a military term, March 4th. Right. In go other forward. words, go Take forward. Take the land. Right. And that is when we uh, bought this property and closed right. escrow on this uh, church and property was right. March 4th, 2011. That's when the ministry purchased the property and we began to do immediate renovation, restoration of the landscaping and also of the facility itself, which is now over 142 years old, but it's in wonderful condition, ready for the next 100 years. Right, and this is now where you are live streaming. Yes, and should the Lord tarry, it's, it's just great. It's gonna keep on being used for the glory of the Lord. So we have our live streaming based out of this building here in Moravian Falls. We have administrative offices in an adjacent building next to it, and we also have the television studio, which is located in Charlotte. That's right, and we have property here, so we will be building yes. on the property in the near future. We have a beautiful chunk of land just outside that's probably about the size of a football field, and we eventually will put an event center out there, so if we have maybe like a monthly special event, then we can be able to host people and uh, bring everybody in and have a wonderful time. Right. Now, in 2012, Stephen, you wrote another book. Yes. And uh, you can see that uh, writing mantle is just really coming alive in Pastor Stephen ever since he received those mantles. Uh, and you wrote Fasting and Prayer. Yes, um, to encourage the church to fast and pray. And that was really how the ministry of Paul and Barnabas was launched. They had gotten together with other prophets and teachers, mm -hmm. and up until that time, Paul had been uh, classified as a prophet and a teacher. Barnabas was, a, was either a prophet or a teacher. But they were put together. It says, after they fasted and prayed, hands were laid on them, and then they were sent out because the Holy Spirit had ministry for them. So fasting and prayer can cause apostolic grace to be released and is primarily a platform for spiritual empowerment because Jesus was filled with the Spirit when he was baptized there at the Jordan River. But after 40 days of prayer and fasting, when he returned back to Galilee, it says he came in the power of the Spirit. So that is something we really need to look for because we identify Pentecost with tongues. We really need to identify Pentecost with power. Uh, the tongues will be there, but the focus is actually on the power manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That's really good. And there are some things that can only be changed by fasting and prayer. Yes. So I encourage you all, if you don't have that book, to please uh, visit our website and order the book Fasting and Prayer. I know there's a lot of books out there on fasting and prayer, but one thing that's the most important about that is if you're not praying when you're fasting, you're really just on a diet. So um, there's a lot of people that get gung-ho and they fast, and we've seen that through the years. But nothing changes in their lives because they weren't praying. And you actually need to do both together. It's very important to pray. <laughs> you put them together, now you have the nitroglycerin. There you but go. you don't put them both together, you won't have that explosion. You've got to mix them both together. Right. So order those books if you want to learn some more about fasting. And on we go. It was right after that, Stephen, that you launched our YouTube channel. That was in 2013. Yes, one of our special partners, uh, Sister Pat, mm -hmm. joined with us and uh, uh, put the effort out to create the YouTube channel. 
And that's something wonderful about partnership because when you are involved with spreading God's kingdom, you share in their eternal rewards. And those of you that tie and uh, that tithe and give offerings and support this ministry, look, when we get to heaven, there will be awards given out, and it's going to be an amazing time. So it is just a real joy to be able to preach the gospel. Now we have the YouTube platform, and uh, it's gaining subscribers, but it's making a, it's making a big impact. And she's still uh, taking care of that for us today, along with one of our administrators. Absolutely. Thank God for faithful people and uh, people that just want to be a blessing, that want to give. Right. Amen. And, and how did this lady get involved with our YouTube channel? Well, she came to Israel with us on an Israel tour, and uh, her background is that of a Catholic mm-hmm. who, uh, was spirit, who got spirit-filled, and she greatly loves the Lord. And when we were in Israel... Um, I was trying to do, there by the Sea of Galilee, there at the hotel, I was trying to stream an internet message, and I'm fumbling with the computer because I have really weak Wi-Fi and internet, and while we're getting ready to stream, uh, the Lord walked into the meeting. He came in with His presence into the meeting, and so for her, that was a real God encounter. She's like, God just came into the room. This is This whole thing is... God, God, you know, there's so it's the presence of the Lord is being touched by God, and so she was just like, you know what, I want to do all I can so that the, the message that He's preaching reaches as many people as possible. So God gave her the idea, let me help create a YouTube channel for Stephen Brooks International, and so we have that. And of course, many of you are watching YouTube yes. right now. That didn't just appear; somebody created that, put that together, and see, I can do the preaching, and I, I can do the teaching, but. Um, all of these other things, it's not my thing. I can't That's run right. the cameras. I can't do all of this other stuff. So it takes people with a heart for God's kingdom to expand to say, you know what, I'm going to join my hand That's with right. that ministry and be a part of what God's doing. That's right. It takes people in the helps ministry to get involved. Yes, absolutely. Right. And while you were doing that, Stephen, then you also uh, launched a a new program, Morning Glory, which is on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. Right, and the Morning Glory is a teaching just to boost your faith in the middle of the week, mm-hmm. kind of get you over the hump, and just keep you uh, uh, going, keep your eyes on the Lord, keep your joy high, and just keep you hungry for the things of God. Because it's good to have two messages, the Sunday morning messages and the Wednesday morning messages, so you can st- stay filled up with the things of the Lord. Right. It was in 2014, we were in Israel again. And we actually uh, were in uh, the place called Capernaum. Yes. And the Lord spoke to us and actually spoke to me and said, there's more for you in Mooresville. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Mooresville is a city that's closer to Charlotte. Right. uh, In between here, it's about an hour away from where we are in Moravian Falls. On the edge of North Charlotte. Mm -hmm. But closer to where we could go to establish the television ministry. Because around here, we have a lot of deer, a lot of squirrels and raccoons, but they can't run the cameras. So we knew that we needed to get close to Charlotte because that's where the whole labor pool is that's at right. for very talented uh, media people. So we got, we got on the uh, edge of Mooresville. It got us real close to Charlotte, and it took us a while, but we were successful with God's help of raising up the television ministry and having the studio built out and that whole plan unfolding and coming together so now we have our dedicated studio there in Charlotte. That's right. And you were, uh, at that time, your live stream was being done in our studio in Mooresville. That is correct. For four years. And uh, then it was also at that time that you wrote another book. So the books yes. keep on coming, How to Operate in the Gifts of the Spirit. Right. And that, that book opens up the spiritual gifts so that any believer can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. 
Praise the Lord. And uh, what would you like to say after that is happening, Stephen, in 2014? Well, it was just another packed year, a lot of ministry. Uh, you know, that, that book touched a lot of people. It was, uh, you know, Sid asked me to be on his program. So, you know, that sent it all around the world again. So it was just uh, something I'd always want to write about, the gifts of the Spirit. And it's actually something I always enjoy teaching on because it's just a favorite subject of mine. Right, and it's actually been translated in different languages as well. That is correct. And that is the book uh, right now, I believe, is being translated in Into Mandarin, Mandarin, yes. Mandarin Chinese. Right. So that's very, see, it's very important that the church understands how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Yes. And they should be, uh, it should be happening in every church, actually. They should be manifesting in every church. That's right. And if the pastor will yield to the Holy Spirit, they will. But it's very important that the pastor does, or else he'll put a, a, a ceiling uh, of blockage over the whole assembly, and then it'll shut down the people of God as well. So you need good leadership that's open to the moving of the Holy Spirit, and then the gifts will, will, will certainly manifest. That's right. And now we continue traveling throughout the U.S., and and internationally, you're writing books. We have YouTube now. We have live stream. And all of those things are growing at exponential rates. And uh, we had a word given to us in January of 2017 uh, by Bishop Bill Hammond. Yes, God's prophet. Right. And spoke very accurately. And the gist of that word was uh, to establish our ministry headquarters on our property and right. uh, begin to build that up. So we came back. He prophesied so accurately to me that he said, you are now in the third phase of your ministry. Well, yes. he didn't know this, but two weeks earlier, I had a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus where Jesus came to me in a vision, and Jesus said, you have now gone into the third phase of your ministry. So when Bill Hammond prophesies, he's very, very accurate. Right, so we return to Moravian Falls. Our executive offices are here now. Yes. We're live streaming from this uh, old 1877 church building right now. And uh, actually, this um, building, we kept a lot of the original um, parts of the building, like the walls. It's the original wood, the floors. It's the original wood floors. The stained glass windows are original. And we've actually refurbished and um, redone the entire thing. So it's very beautiful. If you're ever in the area, um, let us know by an email and certainly would love to show it to you. Amen. Amen. And then moving up to 2017, also we had the establishment of uh, iTunes. All yes. the messages begin to get uploaded to iTunes. So if you're an Apple person, uh, you, can, you can tap into that anytime. If you're driving, just you know, put it on iTunes and listen to it. And a lot of people love that, uh, that are Apple people. Now, you know, we have Samsung or Apple, right. but iTunes is very, very convenient. And that was uh, Sister Shireen who created that, another person who said, I see a need. Let me meet that need so that people can be blessed and can hear the Word of God. So a lot of people, uh, they don't have time to maybe watch the message, but they want to hear the message, and that's the big blessing of iTunes. Right. Your podcast, yeah, the uh, podcast. Was, was created. That's what it was, right. And that's wonderful for driving in cars because yeah. uh, for a long time people were asking us, why don't you do a podcast so that we can just listen while we're driving mainly? That's right. a blessing. We know one man who's a, a truck driver, so he just listens to the iPod cast mm -hmm. that we do. Uh, that way he doesn't miss any of the messages that come out. That's right. So we're back in Moravian Falls for our offices and our live streaming. Uh, but while we were in Mooresville, mm -hmm. uh, the Lord began speaking to us about the TV studio that we would have, which needed to be in a larger city where there's more help available 
for TV cameras, editing, and all those things. Right. So uh, we just completed. Well, you might uh, maybe they don't know the, your the name of your program. The name of the program is called Pure Gold, and just this past Friday, it was submitted to our first network. And so we're looking forward to uh, being on ISN, and that's really who we created it for, but right. the program will be going on other networks as well. Uh, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network with our friend Sid Roth and his mm -hmm. dynamic team that he has, uh, that they're reaching the gospel, uh, reaching the world with the gospel. But, you know, I was really praying uh, and asking the Lord about the name of the program because I said, well, Lord, I can't change it later. I've got to get it right because you kind of get branded, you know, with your identity and you, can, you don't want to reinvent yourself three years later. So I said, Lord, what is the name? I really like the name Pure Gold. I think, I think that's a good name. What do you think about it? And I got way over in prayer. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, take my word. He said, open it up and I will I will conf I will speak to you the name of your program and I took my Bible and just kind of set it down and the pages opened randomly and it fell open to Exodus chapter 30 and there was a verse that just seemed to lift up off the page and it was talking about the altar of incense how it was overlaid with pure gold and the the, the words pure gold were highlighted by the Holy Spirit they were like colored and God said that will be the name of your program so that's how the, the name was achieved, by the help of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the next network that it will go on is Middle East TV, which will cover the Middle East and Israel and some surrounding nations over there. Right, so the Lord's doing a lot with television. And remember, the blessing of Abraham. Abraham was a Middle Eastern man. That's and the, right. really the walk in the fullness of that blessing, yes, with prosperity and peace and long life and all of these wonderful things, but it also ties you to the Middle East with a love for that area. And we just also finished recording six programs with Cameron uh, uh, Yar. I can't remember Cameron's last name right offhand, but that will cover the nation of Iran the great Persian empire. So that will just cover that whole nation. It'll reach also into North Africa and some other countries as well. So the Lord is really beginning to open the doors for television and we're just going to keep preaching as much as we can. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, we just finished taping the first year's programs, uh, end of January. Yes. And then they went through the editing process and all of that and just got sent like Stephen said to ISN so we're moving forward with television, and I want to personally thank all of our wonderful ministry partners that God. have sewed into the television production because it's coming to pass now, and you'll be able to see it uh, soon on a station near you. Let me say you're going to like what you helped to create. It's very Because beautiful. the set is beautiful, and that's because you sewed into it, and the Holy Spirit blessed it, and you're going to get a harvest. Uh, God's going to bless you. But what was created was really, really beautiful. And um, people like eye candy. They don't want to see something sterile or bland. They want to see beauty. And I believe that the, the, the content is what's most important. But you want to present the content That's right. in an attractive package so that people say, I want to listen to what this person has to say. Right. Well, uh, you have to be able to draw the listener in. And right. most people's attention span is very small. Right, so, so it takes creativity. That's why people go to the Disney World. Uh, the creativity that was released there, they want to go into a place like that. Um, there was a, a, a businessman from England that was visiting um, the studio area that mm -hmm. we were at there in Charlotte, and when he saw our set, 
he said, this looks just like the castle that's just right down my street because he lived next to a real castle. He said, how did you guys like replicate something so authentic and make it look so real? So now you but, just gave your secret away. That's right. But you'll, <laughs> on the set, you'll think you went back four, four or 500 years in time. It's a medieval feel, a castle feel. So we're very excited about the launching of Pure Gold. Yes. And uh, just be looking for it, like I said. Amen. And we'll get back in the studio again soon and record the next segment of programs. We like to do 13 at a time, knock them out in just a couple of days. But uh, while they can be recorded in just a couple of days, it really does take several months to pull it all together because... It takes a large team, that it takes all the post-editing, it takes all the preparation. So it's, it's something that, it's like a slow-cooked meal. You can't rush it. It has to be done right. right. It's the only way to do it when it's going on high-level broadcast television. Right, and once we uh, do the television recording, we only have to be there probably four, five times a month at the most, maybe right. just four. So uh, we did not really need to live in that area. Um, but we needed to have access. So our TV studio is down in South Charlotte, which, again, is very close to the International Airport there. Um, but Stephen is a writer, and he's writing another book right now. And this area that we are right now is uh, really there's a writer's anointing here. Great and writing anointing. you wrote several of your books here in Moravian Falls. Right, and quite a few people have discovered that. This is a great place to come and write and just uh, to get along with the Lord and to hear from God. Amen. Revelation flows here. I think we should take communion now and celebrate what the Lord has done over these past 20 years mm -hmm. as we get ready for the next 20 years that I believe will far outweigh, it will be a greater glory yes. than what we have previously experienced. And me and Kelly are so thankful for all of our online church members, all of our Pure Gold partners, all of our covenant partners. We love you so much. And we just, uh, we thank God for you. And we just want to uh, just share our appreciation for you because um, there is a real heart-to-heart -heart connection. And we're doing these things together. We're doing these things together. Praise yes, God. Yes, and again, I just want to say we could not do this without you. That's right. So every one of you that has ever sowed into our ministry, that sows on a regular basis, that is one of our partners, our covenant partners, we appreciate you so much. I just want you to know that, and uh, we pray for you every day, like Pastor Stephen said, and we, we feel like your family. So please stay connected with us at, in every available means, whether it be the Internet, email, uh, live stream, YouTube, um, whatever it is, and we trust that we will see you in a meeting soon. In fact, uh, before we go, we will be in New York City in Queens. Uh, end of June, I believe it's June 30th, so... If you're in the New York area, please come and see us. Um, you can see the event flyer on Facebook, Instagram, and also on our website on the events page. Please join us. We would love to see you. And again, say hi to us if you do come to the meeting. We would love to pray for you and give you a hug and say hello to you. Absolutely. So grab your communion now, some grape juice and some unleavened bread, and let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the juice and the bread. We bless it. We consecrate it. This is now the flesh and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as we partake of the body of Jesus, we thank you that in a mystical way, we are the body of Christ. While he has a physical body, we also are the body of Christ, and he is the head. So, Father, we just thank you that, that your love is flowing through the body, 
The forgiveness is flowing through the body. The joy is flowing through the body. The prosperity is flowing through the body. And Father God, as we receive the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that the blessings come from the head down. And we receive all that Jesus has for us, all that's in the redemption package. We take it by faith. In Jesus' name, let's receive now the body of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Kelly, why don't you pray over Amen. the blood of the Lord Jesus? Amen. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for your son Jesus, and we honor the blood of Jesus today. We take this cup, which is the blood of Jesus, and uh, we thank you that there's healing in the blood, there's yes. life in the blood, there's forgiveness in the blood. In the name of Jesus, we honor the blood of Jesus, and we take it now, and we take everything that comes from the covenant of the blood. We thank you, Lord, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God forever. Well, time certainly flies when we're <laughs> having fun with you. Praise the Lord. And we're just so happy that we could share our hearts with you today and what the Lord has done over these last 20 years. And we're just excited about what God's up to next. Amen. Stephen, why don't you uh, pray for increase over our partners in every area of their lives before we go today? Heavenly Father, I speak strength and yes, blessing Lord. over your people. The Abrahamic covenant established in their lives. Yes, oh, God, make your people wealthy. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Make your people happy. Yes, make Lord. them joyful. Lord, give them sound, strong minds. I rebuke fear in the name yes, of Jesus. Name I rebuke Jesus. any confusion in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let your happiness and your blessing, your blessing is the empowerment to yes. prosper. Let it touch Thank them you, now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Those of you that would be sick in your body, receive the healing in the name yes, of Jesus. The name of praise Jesus. the Lord. Take it by faith and begin to praise him and get up and begin to move around Hallelujah. and rejoice in the Lord. This is a new day for you. Yes. This is your day of salvation. Thank this you, is now faith that you're in right now. So walk in it and be expecting a miracle today. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We love you so much. We'll see you next time. Amen. Bye-bye.